As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Feast. PA and Charge. Hardcore football. You like that? You like that? Play around with a bad football team, bad things happen. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! L. Now, post time for the Friday football feast at 9.02 on a chilly Friday in the cornfields at FM 100.3 KFAN. and the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios, it's the Sports Soul Cafe. Thanks for coming out today, ladies and gentlemen. The co-host of the Friday Football Feast with Fanball.com, Can I Get a Witness? And a raucous round of applause for Paul Charchian. Thank you, everybody. And the host of 9 to Noon, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. Aw, shucks. Producer Nordo. Street team here. Round of applause for the street team. Jared Wells, bass player for uh, the Little River Band, performing this weekend at the Medina Ballroom. And we, we welcome you to the feast. Who wants some t-shirts? Now, here come the t-shirts. We, um, we are a full-service Friday football feast. We clothe you. Hopefully you feel we provide you entertainment, and we feed you with these succulent wings at Buffalo Wild Wings Grill and Bar on a feast into title game weekend. Yeah. Title game weekend for an old friend of the 9 to Noon radio show, John Sullivan. More on that momentarily. Uh, But um, these guys, the New England Patriots, are underdogs this weekend. Tom Brady heads to the sideline as Steven Gostkowski comes on to try to win it. This will be 28 for the win. The kick on the way from Goskowski. Up and good. And from 28 yards away, Steven Goskowski wins the shootout for the New England Patriots. The final score, New England 43, Kansas City 40. A classic in Foxborough goes the way of the home team. Courtesy Westwood won. You heard it. The Sunday Night Football Match Week 6 here on The Fan. You want to talk about a shootout? How about Rams-Saints earlier this season? Uh, the Saints favored in the NFC title game. Breeze in the shotgun. Two receivers to either side. He empties the backfield as Mark Ingram splits out wide to the left. 
Breeze drops back, throws down the slot. Mike Thomas in stride. He's to the 30. He's to the 20. To the 10. Touchdown. Mike Thomas, 72 yards. And the Saints strike a hole in the hearts of the Rams in the fourth. WWL flagship radio station, New Orleans Saints. That um, uh, that was the voice of Zach Streif, uh, who copyright the kids these days. Yeah. Is living his best life. It's his first season as play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints. Mm. He was a longtime offensive lineman yeah. for the New Orleans Saints. He, um, he, I believe he was on the Friday football feast he was. in front of the Viking Saints game Correct. on Sunday Night Football. And um, Zachary went to Northwestern, did uh, broadcasting, communications, journalism, wanted to get in this, had a long career as an offensive lineman in the NFL, including one where he was the extra offensive lineman, the unbalanced bit, the sixth offensive lineman, in the 2009 NFC title game, Mm. where the Saints beat Paul Charchian's Minnesota Vikings. So now Zach Streep, in his first season as the box for New Orleans Saints football, well, here he is, back in the NFC title game at the Superdome, much like 2009, the Saints were favored by three or three and a half over the Minnesota Vikings, they're favored by three or three mm. and a half over the L.A. Rams, featuring John Sullivan, who was starting for the first season as a center for the Vikings in 09, and now he's the man in the middle for Sean McVay's L.A. Rams. It's a um, it's a crazy twist of fate. It is. Uh, it, it for the Saints. It's I think it's hard for Viking fans to root for them in this capacity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean we 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 remember the. The 2009 game. We hate the 2009 game. Go we Sully, think, right? We think they cheated. And Sully's a good dude. Let's, you know, why why not root for John Sullivan? Go Sully, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think just, even if you don't think the, the Rams are the better team, it's hard not to root for the Rams. This was an organization that was terrible for a decade. They got straddled with Jeff Fisher for far too long. Come on! And now, look, all they've done is had incredible success since they changed coaches. Yeah. And I, how do you, it's hard not to root for that team. And it's, it is, you know, what's to like about Sean Payton? He's as he's as unlikable as any coach outside of Belichick. Mocked the skull chan at US Bank Stadium right, last in year in our own building. He mocked us, <laughs> and then we put a miracle on that ass. Oh, that what a great moment that was. Come on, it's, you know we'll break down the game later. But I think from just a rooting interest standpoint, who wants to see the Saints? Who wants to see good things happen to the Saints? Mm-hmm. Even if you love Drew Brees. Even if they're, you know, they're, they're, and they're always good. You can always find good things on any team to like. Yeah. But it's not Sean Payton. It's not that organization. <laughs> they never even accepted culpability hey. for what they did in that 2009 championship game. Had they ever actually just come out and said, We did it. We did it. Yeah. I'd respect them a lot more. Payton but no. Lost, Payton lost a season. Yeah. He did. And it didn't, didn't matter. You know, Greg Williams lost a season and a half, two, I don't know, two seasons. He lost more. Don't know. Don't care. Um, yeah. It's, you know, look, hey, Nordo. They, they cheated and they never owned it because they weren't men. Hey, Nordo! <clears throat> Isn't it fair to say the co-host of the Friday Football Feast, Paul Charchian, is passionate and at times emotional? Very much so, yes. He mentions the name Jeff Fisher. Yes. Down memory lane we go. Skull stories. It was a combine within the last five years. <laughs> we arrive in Indianapolis. Let's go to a nice restaurant and put it on Mr. Mooney's tab. So we go to Ocean Air, Indianapolis. We're settling in. I think it was your first combine. 
uh, Miko Nordo. Yes, it was. We are settling in at Ocean Air in Indianapolis. We're hungry. The menu is very enticing. We're pondering something called Arctic char and having the waiter explain to us exactly what Arctic char is. And into the restaurant walks Jeff Fisher. And Paul Charchian loathes Jeff Fisher and or Les Sneed so much. Yeah. He couldn't focus on the conversation <laughs> we were having at the dinner table, setting up the combine shows, getting ready to, um, hey, you know, we got to hustle here because 90 minutes from now, second level JW Marriott, we're taping with Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. So we got to hustle here. He was so taken aback with frustration and angst regarding Jeff Fisher. I'm not even sure you could enjoy your meal. No, I didn't. You know, some people will, for example, you'll see some luminaries on the other side of the restaurant. You're at Manny's and, and here comes whoever. You will send them something to their table. You might send them <laughs> wine. You might send them a dessert. I am um, in the history of Ocean Air. Nobody's ever tried to send botulism. I always love to that another one. table. Come on. That was me with Jeff Fisher. Can you uh, can you take the uh, the Arctic char? I want you to take it. Into uh, once you take it into the employees' restroom, yeah, rub it around the uh, rub it around the toilet, come and on, then serve it, go serve it to Jeff Fisher. Verbal pink eye for profit nine to noon Ugh. each and every Friday. It's the Friday football feast. Uh, this is the first time Paul Charchin has cracked the microphone with yours truly. Post Gary Kubiak being hired with, by the Minnesota Vikings. Excited to get into that with my main man Paul Charchin, specifically the zone blocking aspect of. Uh, what Gary Kubiak brings to offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. And somebody who knows more about that than us is St. Paul's Ryan Harris, who is a radio star in Denver, Colorado. But see, in 2015, young Ryan Harris was an offensive lineman for Mr. Gary Kubiak, and they won Super Bowl 50 mm-hmm. together. Yes, This, at 935, is a game-changing conversation with Ryan Harris about zone blocking, types of offensive linemen needed to properly execute it, and what the who, what, where, when, and why of the man they call Coobs. I got to get my arms around this whole zone blocking thing in part because Sullivan always told us he hates it. He doesn't like zone blocking. Come on. He doesn't think it works very well. He Burke just, was just in just studio. Line me, up, Burke, line me up and let me go hammer somebody. Burke was, was in studio feeling. Wednesday, a Super Bowl winning offensive lineman, and mm-hmm. basically said, you can get. Certain offensive lineman types, skill set types, anywhere in the draft, if you have a guy crafting the zone-blocking scheme who knows exactly how to do it. Yeah. And they're paraphrasing Super Bowl immortality. There are two ways to do it. If you're going one way, you attack the outside of the defensive lineman's, or you would, yeah, the outside of the out of the number. If, if it's the other way, it's the inside. Mm-hmm. And you just rep it and practice it over and over and over and over and over. And uh, it, 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 Burke was so, Burke was so pointed with this conversation. You're really going to like this. Maybe it leads to the potential of not needing an offensive lineman at 18. Oh, don't even go there. If, if <laughs> this will be a topic for the combine, Paul, but if we don't go lineman at eighteen, it's it's going to be okay. torches and pitchforks okay. at TCL. Okay, I understand, but I understand. Okay, and and with the combine <laughs> shows um, coming up in a month and change, yeah, 
we're, we'll be ready. And, and, and uh, you know, whether it's an Oklahoma offensive lineman, something from K-State. Or maybe it's a three technique. Boston College or whatever. Or maybe we deep dive three techniques in case Sheldon Richardson doesn't return. I understand. I'm on board with Charchi Charchi. I just ask you either after this pause or in your sinkhole over the weekend when you're bored, take a look at the offensive lineman Gary Kubiak was using when he was in Houston, and Matt Schaub was throwing for a million, Arian Foster was leading the NFL in rushing, Mm -hmm. and also in 2015, with all due respect to Ryan Harris, the offensive linemen that were used with wherever Kubiak's gone, it has not been littered with first and second round picks all over the place. That's generally what's thought of with zone blocking is... If you have people that can't win sort of just one-on-one matchups, you should be zone block, you should be running zone blocking. Vikings don't have one-on-one matchup guys. So they they are the zone blocking tends to be better when you don't have great talent on the line. Breaking news, the Vikings don't have great talent on their offensive line. Oh, you so, don't like Brian O'Neill. I'm not calling him a great talent at this stage, no. I like Brian him fine, O'Neill is calling him a great talent. He's a dynamite talent. Give him time. He might be. Might have started 11 games. Yeah. Pat Elfline has terrific talent. How about a promising talent? Okay, promising talent. Promising talent. Fair. All right. Are you familiar with former Vikings tight end Jermaine Wiggins? I am. Uh, Well, he's Boston-based. Yes, he is. And he's Boston-bred. Longtime Patriot. And he's a radio and TV star Mm -hmm. in uh, the Beantown market. Right. He's also the loudest and most obnoxious cocksure New England Patriots fan (laughs) you've ever met in your life. You're going to meet him one hour from now on the 9 to Noon radio show. Actually, he and I have talked several times because we book him regularly, yes. Uh, You will re-engage with uh, the man they call Wig to uh, preview the AFC title game at about 10-15. He's Paul Charchian, and I'm Paul Allen. Uh, Nordo produces from the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. The Friday football feast is underway at FM 100.3 KFAN, good morning. Grab your cell phones because it's time for the National Cash Contest. Listen to the fan every hour for the keyword, your shot to put a grand in your hand. Cash, you want it? This hour, the keyword, jock. Text the keyword jock to 200-200. Again, jock to 200-200. It's a National Cash Contest. Get a grand in your hand. Good luck. Jock to 200-200. Standard text messaging and data rates apply. It's P.A. in Charge on the Fan. Programming on the Fan brought to you in part by Quick Trip. In Minnesota Wild news, winger Nino Niederreiter traded to the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday for centerman Victor Rask. In wild action last night at XL Energy Center, Minnesota Wild hosting one of the best teams in the NHL, the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, wait, what's that? Oh, the Anaheim Ducks had lost 12 straight. And the Anaheim Ducks smacked the Wild 3-0 last night at the X. And the Minnesota Wild had an opportunity to move up in the standings, and now they're still sitting in the 8th spot in the West. Oof. Minnesota Wild hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow, part of Hockey Day Minnesota. Another opportunity for two points at the X tomorrow. Now back to the Friday Football Feast with PA in charge. Ever. Obviously is a very long time. So if I frame something up in Rube Radio-like fashion, Mm -hmm. hey, Charge, do you think any of these professional teams will ever win a championship in this market? 
I mean, ever like um, in my lifetime, so I'll know if it ever happens. Because you know, okay, your your we're both early fifties. Yeah, my copyright Stephen Wright. My birth certificate has an expiration date. I always love that one. So I might have twenty two left. You have markedly longer. (laughs) So I guess in our lifetimes would be the proper way to phrase it. I mean, wild wolves, twins, Minnesota Vikings. The the you're wild. Okay, you you as I saw on Twitter yesterday. My guy at Paul Charchian, crestfallen. You, know, you you don't follow the Wild super closely. Yeah, you follow the team more uh, now. Yeah. yeah, than than you did three weeks ago or a that month is, ago. That is absolutely true. Football season frees up a lot of viewing time. But it seemed living vicariously through your tweet. Mm-hmm. There may have been a tear dropping your eye with the trade of Nino Niederreiter to the Carolina Hurricanes. For it seems Nino was your favorite player. Well, he was my favorite wild player, um, be- more because of style of play and because there were at least times when he would show speed, effort, ability that would jump off the ice to me, and I wouldn't always see from other players. And I understand that Nino would also have long stretches where he just seemed invisible on the ice, and I get that. Yeah, I always felt like. The next coach in is gonna, you know, bring Nino to the next level, and uh, let him be the first round talent that that he was, and you're gonna br- get him to consistently play at that level. Yeah. That part never really materialized, and I appreciate, you know, I I understand that. Yeah. But if you, if you're going to trade him by by all accounts, and I don't even I don't know the guy they brought in. I'm just seeing all the metrics come in. All the hockey wonks are sending me, yeah. you know, the graphs and the charts and everything. This guy stinks. I don't. Victor Cl- Rask. Rask. Victor Rask. Victor, How do you know Victor he stinks? I, you don't even know his I'm name. The, I'm, yeah. the, I'm just saying the analytics that everybody that I'm seeing on Twitter. Yeah. Go by my Twitter account on this guy. Come on. It's all dreadful and way worse than Nino. Okay, you're an elite sports mind. I need you to analyze something for me. You obviously had no problem with the fact that Nino Niederreiter is a left-handed shot playing right wing, and because he's left-handed... I I don't have a problem with that. It made it very difficult for him to execute backhanded passes. Um, Can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? Yeah, analyze that, Wes Walls. I See, I have no problem with a left-handed shot playing right wing because when the center or the left wing sends you the puck, the puck doesn't have to cross your body. You can you can hit you can get the puck on your stick that much faster. So I'm fine with that. I didn't I didn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, your, I just I like the effort. I I like the fact that he could. Know, right? He was a guy that would go into the corner. He would dig out pucks. Yeah. He was somebody who had some scoring flourish to him. Yeah. Like, yeah once in a while. On a team that's sure. always punchless. It's just uh It's just frustrating. Uh, I you know I, in a season in which I already feel like. Come on. This whole season has been such a disappointment. It's we're currently a playoff team. Are we eight? Yeah, I think we're eight. Okay. Yeah, we are. Are we? Yeah, I we're, mean, eight. we're in a spot. But hold on. Jerkus! You see, what makes that frustrating is like we took a fat L Saturday mm-hmm. to one of the three worst teams in the NHL, Detroit, and we lost at home 5-2. Your, your Anaheimers into the game last night. Had lost twelve consecutive. Twelve. Jerkus. So it you know it makes it difficult, and I put this on Twitter yesterday because I'm an elite hockey mind. When you make a move involving a popular player like your beloved Nino Niederreiter, yeah, very curious to see how the locker room reacts. For 
Miko Nordo and yours truly were at XL Energy Center yesterday for Vox in the Box. Right. And were there for the morning skate. And there's Nino Niederreiter. Hey, there he mm-hmm. is. Yeah, there he is. Skating in front of us now like kids yeah. at a time. couple right? of goals in the last three games. So then he gets traded. Now, you have to wonder into the game, are the boys in the locker room going to give the proverbial 110% because they don't want to be next? Or will there be some self-loathing because they're pissed off that management traded one of their guys? Right. Um, Parisi had a career-best 11 shots last night. Mm. Main man had that 110%. We're down 3-0. My guy gets yanked. Staylock gets yanked. Even though you can argue two of those goals, he really... had. It, he really didn't have a fair chance. No chance. But the sad the sad part of this is in losing to bottom feeders like Anaheim, Detroit, the Philadelphia Flyers, everybody we need to lose around us keeps losing. <laughs> so it's wow, like, that's... what a grand in your hand opportunity right now mm-hmm. to pull away from teams and establish yourself as an absolute playoff factor. Instead, we jerkers are hanging by a thread. Yeah, pulling away from Come teams. On! That's, that's what the Wild are known for. Pulling away from teams. Why are you going <sighs> to be so negative? All, I, the, all I, the Wild had to do was beat the worst team in the Atlantic, the worst team in the Metro, mm-hmm. the team that has lost 12 straight in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would be at 55 points with those three victories. They'd have a five-point advantage. They'd be comfortably in the third spot. How about that? In the Central Division mm-hmm. if they just beat bad teams. There's yeah. no excuse, need no trade or otherwise, you beat a team like those Ducks that we saw yesterday during the morning skate. So if the guys were frustrated, one of their uh, one of their favorite people was traded, Anaheim had six transactions within two days. <laughs> wow. Like the GM's you like... 12 in a row and... Basically like, up. I hate this team. Yeah. I'm trading X amount of guys. And I'm elevating guys from our super special San Diego AHL minor league team. Well, they they didn't seem to have any self-loathing that their guys got traded. No. I mean, they come out looking like the freaking Guy Lafleur-led 77 Montreal Canadiens putting three on us in eight minutes. Come on, man. So it's like ever with championships or during lifetime, it's like one of those moments where you just feel like the complete rube. Here's but Wild Wolves, Twins, Vikings. Is somebody uh, ever going to win a championship? If you'd have told me in 1991 that I would be, I could fast forward all the way to 2019 and never have another championship in this town. Holy cow! Oh, I'd yeah. have given up sports. You would think it was Cleveland West. You oh, would. Wait, they had one with LeBron. Yeah, you're right. It's it it. I don't want to be Cleveland. I don't want to be Detroit. I know. I want to be. I, I want to think that we're better than that here. That we can do that. But it just it doesn't work that way. With the Wild, even if they they find their way into the seven seed or the eight seed, has there been anything that's happened this year to suggest that they could make a run in the playoffs? Well, hockey's a weird game, Paul Chargian. Uh, hockey is a strange game where the eights beat the ones and the sevens beat that the twos. That is true. More than other sports, the eights beat the ones. So you get your guy Dubcred, and uh, you get him hot, mm-hmm. and uh, you get the kids at a time doing everything right, game after game after game. Yeah, maybe a long shot, maybe it certainly would be an underdog, an eight versus a one. But there are three words that are operative here: chip, chair, chance. It's Winnersville, USA, to get to the postseason. Mm. But that's great. I mean, Vikings get to the postseason uh, more than not. So do the Wild. Wolves are better. Twins may be getting better. But we're talking about, as Norda would say, the ship. 
the championship. In our lifetime, are we ever going to house a championship at the professional level in this market? Can we even just get there? Can we just get there? The only other NFC team that hasn't made the Super Bowl going back to 1983, uh, which is a long time ago. The freaking Lions. The freaking Lions. Come on. Jeez, come yeah. on. Yeah, but of course, I mean, uh, we, we almost got to the Super Bowl last year, but of course, you wouldn't know. Jerkus! You're on the turquoise blue seas of Turks and Caicos. I regret nothing. Outside of Turks and Caicos, and we're getting killed against the Eagles. Uh, Speaking of Minnesota Vikings football, Gary Kubiak is an offensive advisor. Uh, He's here to amplify, compliment, and assist offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. You see, Gary Kubiak, a very kind gentleman, won Super Bowl 50 as head coach of the Denver Broncos. One of his key, one of the key elements to that victory was St. Paul's Ryan Harris, offensive lineman for uh, Mr. Gary Kubiak. And uh, Ryan gives us the who, what, where, when, and why on Mr. Kubiak next. It's PA in charge. One goal that I know that he and I have in common is we want to win. On the fan. One second left in this game. And if you haven't started already, you can officially start now. In the Mile High City and Rocky Mountain region, because the Denver Broncos are world champions. They have just won Super Bowl 50. And Lombardi Trophy is coming home to the Mile High City. Final score in Super Bowl 50 from Levi Stadium here in Santa Clara. Denver 24, Carolina 10. News Radio 850, KOA in Denver. Minnesotan Ryan Harris attended Creighton Durham Hall, also was a star at Notre Dame. He won Super Bowl 50 with Gary Kubiak as head coach. Uh, He currently uh, does radio for 950 Altitude Sports in Denver. And most recently uh, was the radio analyst for Notre Dame Fighting Irish Football. And uh, Ryan Harris joins 9 to Noon now. Ryan, PA in charge on the Friday Football Feast. How are you, my main man? Doing good, PA. And, man, you got the blood going this morning playing that clip. I got to go back home and find the wife. So I'll be back, man. I'll be back. But uh, <laughs> hey, and I want to say real quick before you get going. <laughs> okay, to Ryan. Everybody, to everybody listening, PA, you are the man. You talked about me being an analyst at Notre Dame. I learned so much from you. You gave your time to me. I listened to everything you told me, and I had a great year because of the help you gave me. So uh-huh. thanks for taking care of one of your longest listeners here. Uh, even after I'm done playing in the league. Appreciate you. Uh, Paul, to get you up to speed, Vikings-Denver preseason um, out the night before the game. Mm -hmm. Ryan Harris embarking on first season as analyst for Notre Dame Irish football on the radio. Meets Bursich and yours truly. Spent a good 90 minutes with him talking about radio broadcasting, analyzing football on the radio, relationships and stuff like that. So that's what he's talking about. Super cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh your first yeah. year your first year on the radio describing fighting Irish football. How do you think it went? Man, it, it went great. Had a fun time and what a year for Notre Dame. Twelve and zero, the second time in six in eight years. Uh second time under Coach Kelly and then they met the real touchdown Jesus and Trevor Lawrence and uh and ended up losing, mm. not by as many points as uh, as Alabama, but uh, <laughs> but you know it's it's uh, it was such a special year. And, and PA man, to be able to go to these cities yeah. that I've played in in the NFL for ten years, you know, when you travel with the Vikes, we get no time to go see the city. I surfed for three hours before the USC game. I went surfing. They played Navy uh, in San Diego and and got to see the the USS Midway down there. So it was a 
it was a lot of fun, and I definitely uh, definitely losing some weight after not hitting as many tailgates in the season. I'll tell you what. The uh, the reason for our call, young Ryan, is uh, Gary Kubiak is uh, now on the Minnesota Vikings staff. Our offensive coordinator is a, a gentleman named Kevin Stefanski, and uh, I, I believe Vikings fans will really enjoy his approach as offensive coordinator. Uh, in his first year, he did three games last year after the previous OC, John Filippo was fired. So they they hire Kubiak as an assistant head coach and, and senior offensive uh, um, advisor, stuff like that. How can Gary Kubiak complement our offensive coordinator and help the Vikings offense? Well, he can just, you know, one of the things about Gary Kubiak that people forget, is this is one of the most successful offensive minds in NFL history. I mean, he's won three Super Bowls. Uh, he's played as a player. He is a quarterback. And one of the things that, that stands Gary apart from others is he listens to players. You know, there are multiple times in games where I would say, Hey, hey, Gary, let us run the bleeping ball, you know, and then we recall three run plays and, you know, we rush for 150 yards. So he understands the, what it's like to go in with the game plan. He understands the personnel that he's going against. That's, that's one way he'll be able to help the offensive coordinator. But he also understands that maybe 30% of the time, usually in the playoffs, 70% of the time, you got to throw your whole game plan out of the window because they're going to be doing different things. And that's where he has uh, ex- uh, historical experience being successful in those types of situations. I like coaches. Uh, hey, Ryan, Paul Charchian. Good to talk to you again. Um, <laughs> Good to. I like the fact that he's, he, he's willing to make uh, on the fly adjustments. And, you know, we've, we've talked to other players about this a lot and they're like, well, you know, we spent five days installing our game plan. We're not going to go into the game and then just change it and throw that out the window. And I, I'm my, my comeback is always like, well, why not? If it's not working, shouldn't you be able to make an adjustment? You're telling me that Gary Kubiak is somebody that's uh, that's willing to make in-game changes as needed. I'm telling you, beyond that, Gary Kubiak loves when a quarterback specifically changes to a play that wasn't in the game plan. Mm. It, it happened repeatedly uh, in 2015 when we won the Super Bowl. Of course, it was Peyton Manning, but one of the things that Kirk Cousins was so successful in uh, with Washington was the same type of offense where he can make decisions. And the thing that Gary knows that all, every player in the NFL knows, it's not rocket science. Yeah, okay, maybe they're going a zone versus a man. Okay, that means you need to have your zone busters passing concept versus your man passing concepts that you came in with. You better change that at halftime because you can't go out there and beat a dead horse. And when you send players back out after halftime with the same game plan to say, hey, we got to do nothing different, just better effort to play here, play there, and your player saying, no, you called 17 man pass protections, uh, against the zone defense, you're an idiot, and you just <laughs> lost this team, right? So Gary Kubiak knows that not only is it important to be able to change to win, but that you can lose players quickly if you fail to adapt and put them in great situations that they know they can be successful with. Gary Kubiak, uh, 12 years as an offensive coordinator, 10 years as a head coach, as you mentioned, Ryan, also uh, a player for a long time. When I went back through all of his his, his previous teams, Man, he has had a lot of really shaky quarterbacks. He has not hooked his wagon to just like sort of you've you've seen you've seen a lot of other coaches that have sort of hooked their wagon to a great quarterback. That hasn't been the case. More often than not, he's coaxing a four thousand yard passing season from Matt Schaub. He's yeah. finding a way to get to the playoffs with Trevor Simeon. More often than not, he hasn't he hasn't had great quarterbacking, but he's gotten his quarterbacks to play, I think above the above their 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 you know the ability level that we'd otherwise have seen. Do you think that's do you think that's fair? 
Absolutely, and that's what that's a sign of a great coach. You look at the NBA and Coach Popovich, right? He's he's been successful with multiple different players. You know, mm-hmm. Phil Jackson the same way. And, and nothing against Matt Schaub, a quarterback I played with, but you know he's he's not necessarily the Kirk Cousins ilk. And with, when you look at the velocity, the ability to push the ball right. downfield. But what Gary encourages players to do, and not just quarterbacks, that's the thing. People get caught up sometimes and say, oh, Gary's going to be great with a quarterback. It's not just quarterback. He gets players to make quick decisions and to believe in those decisions and then play well with great technique in there. And that's the key to winning in the NFL. It doesn't matter what type of quarterback you have. If they make delays in making decisions, you're going to have an unsuccessful quarterback. Watch this weekend. Patrick Mahomes the third makes about as quick a decision as any quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady gets the ball off on average 2.3 seconds or 2.1 seconds. He knows where he's going before the ball. So coach would always say play well. And he, he coaches with positivity. And he coaches encouraging players to make decisions, to trust what they see, and to play fast. He would always say, listen, this is my favorite thing he would say. Before, one of the, before the Super Bowl, before every one of the playoff games, he said, listen, Guys, the mistakes are on us as coaches today on the game day. You go out there, you play fast, you let us worry about the mistakes. Just go play fast and, and, and play the plays that we call. I mean, how much freedom is that as a player to get out of the huddle, to get out of the locker room, get into a huddle saying, I can just play 100 miles per hour, and if there's a mistake, it's on them today, I'll figure it out tomorrow, but I'm going to keep playing. I mean, he gives players freedom, he gives players choices, he encourages quick decisions. He gives you technique, and he puts you in positions to win. The well-respected Gary Kubiak, uh, multiple Super Bowl winner, a um, a uh, an offensive advisor with the Minnesota Vikings, working with the staff, specifically offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. Ryan Harris is on the nine to noon show. He's a Minnesotan, and he won Super Bowl fifty with the aforementioned Gary Kubiak. What um j- just naturally speaking, whether it's away from football, during the course of tight games, at practice, whatever, what kind of a guy is Gary Kubiak? He's a detailed guy. He's a player's coach. He's he's pretty funny uh, outside of, uh, off of the field. Like, on the field, he, he really pays attention to details. You, you think he's not paying attention, all of a sudden you hear, hold on, hold on, run that crap again. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, he holds players accountable. Because sometimes as players, and even as a veteran, you know, maybe I did it once or twice myself in 10 years. You say, yeah, you know, I know what I'm supposed to do in the game. That doesn't cut it for Gary Kubiak. But it's also funny, he engages with players. And I always talk about, you know, I do a lot of speaking and talk to people about how he as a, he as a coach would be in, the, in that steam room with us as players. Now, he hates the steam room, but he would always be able to talk with his players in there separate, you know, and be laying out. I pick up somebody, you know, somebody's got socks on in the hot in, in the steam room. I'm like, who the hell is well, No, you can't wear it, socks in the steam and room. And, and Gary goes, <laughs> that's disgusting. Bro. Oh, shoot, coach. Sorry, man. So sorry, coach. How are you doing? But, but he goes out of his way to engage with his players, and that creates a team. And Gary's been doing that. And you talk about as well, I think it's also overlooked for the Vikes who are going to be cash-strapped going forward. He put together one of the best draft classes in Denver this year that they've seen in decades. I mean, he had Cortland Sutton top five in NFL's yards per catch. He had he got Philip Lindsay on the roster, mm-hmm. first undrafted rookie running back, free agent to be selected to the Pro Bowl and rush and third ever to rush for a thousand yards. Eight. He's got Josie Jewell, who Minnesota Gopher fans remember at Iowa was crushing them, right? And Jake Butt, same guy at Michigan tight end. I mean, he put a draft class together of quality character players who are detailed professionals. And that in addition to what he can do on the field, Gary Kubiak's gonna have a hand in selecting some very 
talented players in the draft, which is where the Vikings have to focus the next two years. And and off that, Ryan, uh, with, uh, with, with Gary so well-respected and tied to the zone-blocking scheme, a couple of things here. One, like, like say the Vikings do the zone blocking with the offensive line a fair amount, and I don't know that they will, but say they do. Kubiak's in the mix. Why wouldn't they? Is it simple to run? And secondly, what type of offensive line talent do you need to properly win with the zone blocking scheme? Yeah, it can be ran easily, and it's so funny for us linemen. You know, people always talk about the zone versus the power. It's really about six inches different in your target, right? So as a tackle, if you're in a power run scheme, you're aiming on the inside helmet of your of your off defensive end, and in the zone scheme, you're aiming at the outside helmet of your defensive end, right? So it's not like a total change, but there is a change in philosophy, specifically when it comes to boots. I don't know if you got to see the Indianapolis Colts game, but when they run play action passes, the Patriots too. They're kind of set, rote kind of play-action passes where the, the the running back's faking going right behind the center. Well, you get the the West Coast offense, the zone passing scheme, you're going to be going what they call fake 18, fake 19 naked, right? You're stretching the field, faking it. Quarterback showing the defense the ball for one, two, three, pulls it down, puts it on his hip, turns around, stands up, delivers the ball downfield. So just a slight change in philosophy. And linemen love it. Because you get to be free and fast. They call probably three to six play-action pass boots in a game. And, oh, by the way, the year that Gary Kubiak won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning couldn't do it one time, so we weren't able to use a third of the offense, right? He still won the Super Bowl. But players, offensive linemen, you get to be free. They say run off the football in zone concepts. Attack your man. And in power concepts, they say get low, get wide, get a strong base, and move them an inch to the left or right so the running back can make a decision. So you get a lot more freedom to play fast, to play. Because a lot of us, you know, linemen, we think we're the best athletes on the field. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong. So it gives us a lot of confidence, a lot of freedom. And it gives you some plays that when you that you need against top defensive linemen to really mess with their head. Because you act like it's a run, it's a pass. You go the other way, and all of a sudden somebody's cutting their legs out from the right. And then now I'm hitting them in the left shin. And then all of a sudden I'm hitting them in the middle of the chest. And now they've got four different plays, and they've been hit four different ways. And they're confused. And that's when you throw a deep, deep pass for a touchdown. Is is it fair to say that zone blocking, uh, you're better off having faster, more mobile linemen instead of more instead of the, your road grading type of lineman, Ryan? If you're going to run the zone. No, and you know what's you know what you need are guys who who listen, who understand the technique, and who trust it. And really, it's on the running backs too, right? If you have a running back and you call, you know, in a power scheme they call fourteen and fifteen, right? But in the zone scheme, they call 18 and 19, right? It's the difference of, you know, kind of two positions, right? The 14, you're going inside the right tackle. The 18, you're going outside the tight end. But if you have a running back who's running, you know, even anywhere near inside of the tight end instead of outside, all of those blocks are wrong. So you really need a, a running back that understands. And, and I don't know if you ever heard of Arian Foster, another undrafted uh, guy out of Tennessee who We're became familiar. a 1,000-yard rusher and, and pro bowler, right? So. Yeah. Uh, so he, you got to have a running back that really stretches the field, gets mm-hmm. gets his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage, and then gets north and south, cuts up, not cutting back, and that's when you start creating that zone run game. So it involves everybody, and that is a unifying experience. When you as a tackle use your speed, run out of your stance, hit somebody on their outside shoulder, you think, gosh, this running back's got to get outside, and all of a sudden in the peripheral vision you see him crossing your left, you know, your left shoulder and yes. going for six yards. I mean, it's... 
it's a team run every time you call a run in that offense. Love it. Dalvin Cook, I think, is an, is is can be an ex, uh, the perfect zone blocking running back because he he is has a natural tendency, Ryan, to be a very patient runner, and then he's got the quick cut acceleration that once he makes that decision to make that move, it's it's bang, it's happened, and he's moving. And I think he, I think he's really well suited as a patient runner to run behind that kind of that kind of line. Well, and, and what Cook has as well is the speed, right? He's got speed to threaten that edge so yeah. that he can cut back. And and I'll tell you, you know, every offense outside of the New England Patriots that's won a Super Bowl the last twelve years has run the West Coast offense. Mm. And right now in Kansas City, it's a West Coast zone concept mm-hmm. offense, right? You get the, the Eagles last year, West Coast zone concept offense. So it gives backs the ability to have multiple options on a run versus okay, I've got to go through this one hole because we're trapping a player. Everybody knows the famous wham play where you send a, a line a tight end or, an, or a fullback back to hit the three technique. I mean that hole is really going to be right next to the center but when you get in the zone run scheme if you see daylight you take it and again that's giving an athlete choice and letting them play with intuition trusting their technique and that imp- and that empowers players to play their best uh last one ryan thanks for the time how was season one in denver for case keenum season one in denver uh for case keenum was bad uh, a guy who i love with case keenum a guy who i played with under gary kubiak hmm. in case keenum uh, but just he had career-high interceptions. He really didn't have the production that, that he had in Minnesota, and he didn't have the same weapons. They had four separate tight ends go down with injuries. Uh, Thirteen guys went to IR, 11 of them on offense, so it's not completely fair. But getting paid $18 million a year uh, after the season that Case Keenum had, you know, Broncos fans were looking for a playoff run in a very competitive decision. And unfortunately, in a couple of key games or a couple of missed passes, that case just didn't make, and a couple of interceptions. And, uh, and and what we saw was something that one of the former Vikings teammates of his told me. He said, Ryan, he, he'll float the ball, and all of a sudden he'll start dropping back in protection. You know, one game he gave up, he got sacked six times. Well, four of those sacks were from 10 yards deep or more. You can't wow. block 10 yards behind. Like, yeah. that's a quarterback losing his fundamentals. So I really hope Case has a bounce-back season, some health around him, and can make a difference. But I expect him to restructure his contract because of the performance he had this year. But you do think he's the starter next year? I'm, I'm not 100% sure he comes back as the starter. Well, you know, I'll just, I'll just quote John Elway. He's the starter right now. And I always yeah. tell people, like, if my wife introduced me and said, hey, this is my husband right now, <laughs> I'd kind of be like, hey, uh, what the hell we got going on here, right? So uh, John Elway says he's the quarterback right now. But one of the things people forget, too, he had no competition this season. I mean, he was probably one of two quarterbacks, maybe three, in Drew Brees and Tom Brady, that had no competition behind him mm-hmm. uh, this season. I mean, even when he was with the Vikes, he had Teddy Bridgewater and Brad Bradford uh, ready to take the helm. So he had to perform well. He didn't have that this year. So if anything else, I expect them to have a more competitive quarterback's room here for the Broncos this season. Ryan Harris, you are fantastic as usual. Congratulations on all of your success, and uh, we'll chat soon, okay? Thanks for everything, PA. Thanks for having me, guys. Skull Vikes. Go wild. Let's go, baby. Minnesotan Ryan Harris on the 9 to Noon Radio Show. P.A. and Charge. To the AFC title game next. You're listening to P.A. and Charge. It's a Friday football feast, 9 to Noon on the Fan.
Everyone's a winner, baby. It's time to get paid off courtesy of Ballard's Resort. Ballard'sResort.com, the featured fish contest. You've been loyal to 9 to noon all week. You've collected all four of the featured fish. And right now, the first person to call 651-989-5326, first person to give me the featured fish in order. You get two nights lodging, guided angling for six people at one of the coolest spots in the Midwest. It's Ballard's Resort. Set the hook! Ballard'sResort.com. Call now. Give me those fish. Friday Football Feast, FM 100.3. I know, right? KFAN. Good morning. Paul Charchian, fanball.com. Paul Allen, 9 to Noon Productions. Miko Nordo, producer of 9 to Noon. The conference title games mm-hmm. are on KFAN this weekend. And uh, the New England Patriots are underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, 17 minutes from now. Former Vikings tight end and Super Bowl winning tight end with the New England Patriots. Radio and TV star in the Beantown market, Jermaine Wiggins, joins 9 to noon. Uh, He will be braggadocious, but this will be the first time in quite some time, if ever, 9 to noon has had Wig on the radio show to talk about the Patriots Mm. on the road as underdogs in a situation like this. So you put extensive research... Uh, work in you put extensive research into both conference title games, AFC championship game. Take it away. Uh, a couple of things uh, of note here. It shouldn't surprise you that the Patriots are underdogs in in a few different ways. Even though they won the earlier matchup, let's uh, yeah. let's talk. In fact, maybe let's spend a second on the earlier matchup. You may not remember Week Six. Yeah. The game was a forty-three to forty shootout. It was terrific. Eighty-three points came yeah. down to a field goal at the end. It's a great game. We had so many good games this year. That was another one of them. And um, and and from a fantasy football standpoint, or you appreciating high-level offense, the Kansas City Chiefs this year, including oh, in their division round win, yeah. they gave you such offensive stimulation. Constant stimulation. And I didn't even I didn't even need I was already fully stimulated in August <laughs> by the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes in particular. Right. I didn't even need any more. And they were stimulating post Kareem Hunt. No, oh, well that that is a little bit surprising. And we'll talk about Damian Williams in a minute here. In the week six game, Brady set the all time record for wins as a starter, two hundred and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Get this. The two teams combined for one punt. Wow. One punt between two teams. New England, in that game, it was a three-point win. They never punted and had no penalties, and they only won by three points. You get the feeling that if anything goes even slightly amiss, they could end up on, on the losing side pretty easily. Now, when they play that game, Patrick Mahomes, it's week six. He had rolled into that game having played five games that season and a meaningless week 17 the week the season before. Yeah. So it was really just he had rolled into that game with only six NFL games under his belt. And he still threw for four touchdowns. He wow. still scored 40 points. At Foxborough. At Foxborough. Yeah. Right? Now, here he is, so much more seasoned. Mahomes is so much more battle-tested that I think he's will be a materially different quarterback. And the Chiefs have spent this week talking about um, how in that game, back in Week 6, the Patriots, because Mahomes had so little experience, Bill Belichick cooked up a defense 
that schematically was unlike anything that Mahomes had ever seen before. And they can't do that anymore. Not only have they played the Patriots before, but now he's now he's played 17 games as a starter. Yeah. Uh, also in that game, Tyreek Hill, three touchdowns, 142 yards. Wow. Almost all of those yards coming against the two McCordys yep. in man, uh, man uh, coverage. It'll be fascinating to see what, if anything, they try to do differently with Tyreek Hill to make sure that Tyreek Hill's not going to count for three touchdowns under 42 yards again. Yes, sir. Um, weather forecast, Paul, at this time last week, it looked like the high was going to be like five. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out it's going to be in the mid-20s. Weather will not be a factor in this game. Good. In fact, in this temperature range, I heard this courtesy of uh, Vison. In this temperature range, the over getting hit 60% of the time in this temperature range because the fans and the betters think that a 25-degree day should mean fewer points. Yeah, The, the over-under has gone from 60 to 55. Big mistake. Wow. You can go. You can take what the over. great NFL mind. That's deep diving right there. It is. We're heading that way. Let's talk about uh, how these teams are different now than the versions that, that played in Week 6. I like unders in both games. We can talk about that later. The Chiefs' pass rush uh, since then has evolved into the best pass rush in the NFL. They finished with the most sacks in the NFL. That said, Patriots allowed the second fewest sacks. Yeah. Eight. That's it. Eight all year. Right. To Tom Brady. But get this. The Colts. The Colts. Right. Last week, they played the Colts, who had allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL. Seven all year. I'm watching that game. Sack luck four times. I'm in the 702 on the Colts money line, one of my 18,000 losses. I'm watching that game, wondering where the Indianapolis Colts found this seventh-round draft pick playing left guard. I always love that. Oh, wait. That was the first-rounder, Quentin Nelson, everybody was bragging about all week until he got absolutely handled by Nordo's guy, Chris Jones. Now... Relative to this pass rush, turned up this stat. No quarterback had fewer completions outside of the pocket this year than Tom Brady. Wow. He completed... But that's that's atypical for him. Well, he completed six passes outside of the pocket all year. Six. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So here you've got the number one pass rush in the NFL. Feels like a, four of them uh, were against the Vikings, but uh, anyway. It, it might have been. Um that could be that could be a big pocket a big a big opportunity here for the Chiefs. Get Brady up the middle out of out of the pocket. Yeah. Force him, you know, force him to be mobile, throw yeah. on the run, and let's see what you get. Or shoot the gaps and mash up the middle. You love to shoot the gaps. If you can get that done against him, like Osi Osi Uminyora, Justin Tuck, Strahan on the edge, that's the best way to beat Brady is up the middle. Uh, no Kareem Hunt, which you manage or mentioned. Damian Williams has been shockingly good. Paul. He's averaged five point one yards per carry. I know, right? Uh, he's not Kareem Hunt, who by by the, by the way, the in the earlier matchup this year and the earlier matchup last year, mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt just devastated the Patriots in both games. Wow! And they want if if Damian Williams can be eighty percent of what Kareem Hunt did. That's going to be a, a massive, massive advantage for them. You have um, you have Damian Williams RB one next year, don't you? Uh, I think there's I think I think there's a chance he's going to be second round pick in a twelve team yeah. snake. He's going to go in the second round, Paul. <laughs> if they don't make a change at running back, yeah. and based on how well he's played since Kareem Hunt left, and how many points are going to flow through Kansas City, Damian Williams RB one yeah. second round pick. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I want to spend a minute talking about the Patriots on the road. 
Here's there's some stats for your road Patriots this year. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah. 12 fewer points scored on offense. Right. Six fewer first downs per game. This is obviously 12 points per game, not 12 for the season. KC can't lose is what you're saying. 100 fewer rushing yards. 100 fewer rushing yards. Feels like five grand on the Chiefs 20, on the money line. 26 fewer passing yards. My guys in the cornfields broke. The, let's go to the Patriots defense on the road. Yeah. Six more points allowed per game. Make it 7,500. 37 more rushing yards allowed per game. Can I borrow money for more? 41 more passing yards allowed per game. Wow, that's precipitous. And also on the road, last time the Patriots won a road playoff game. Yeah. 2006. I always love that much. You're kidding me. 13 years ago. Well, how many have they had? With he's all played a total of seven road games in his entire career in the yeah. playoffs. And he's he's under five hundred. He's three and four oh. in those seven. Yeah. Oh. And again, none since two thousand six. So you love the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Can't wait for you game. to tell Jermaine Wiggins that in ten minutes. I'm gonna tell Jermaine Wiggins that. <laughs> I think they're going to. Uh by the way, also over the last ten games, the Patriots have faced two playoff teams. That's it. The best. They dismantled the Chargers last week. That's one of them. But the other one was a Steelers team that they lost to. Yeah. Wait, Steelers didn't even make the they didn't even make the playoffs. Right. They shouldn't even counted that. Come to think of it. Right. Uh, they just their schedule so soft this year, and I credit them for tearing apart a good San Diego team, although LA. a weary thank you L A yeah. team, a weary one at that. Ain't no doubt. They're three gonna, consecutive weeks on the road, and the cliched West East, East West East. Yes, it's a killer. This was uh this is gonna be a whole different bit. Totally different, totally different situation. They'll never That's, know what's that coming. Is, that is part of why I, I love the Chiefs in this game. If um if if you chat with those in the seven oh two, maybe it's those with uh the Vegas Stats and Information Network, uh Godfather Brent Musburger, our beloved <clears throat> Mitch and Polly, whatever. If they just laid it out in obvious, cliched yet yet productive fashion. You betting against Belichick and Brady in big games will have cost you a lot of money oh, yeah. for many, many years. For sure. What if they just laid it out like that? Does that change your opinion? At all? You just made the Kansas City Chiefs sound like a freaking cinch in this game minus the three. I think they are. I think they are a cinch. Oh my god! Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a one sided affair. The rare Belichick blowout. I wonder. Coming. I wonder how your niece Nicole Margaret Allen uh, would handle. You have me so excited. Her sixteenth birthday is Saturday. Oh wow! I wonder how she would handle me flying to Las Vegas this evening <laughs> and missing her sixteenth birthday, <laughs> so I can mash Wait. on this Chiefs money line. If that means that she gets to have her sweet sixteen party without parental supervision, I think she would love that. Yeah, that's a that's a bad subject. It's been negotiated all week. It's I bet it has. It's a problem. It Do sucks. you are you having the big party? Can't say. Okay. Uh, not you, decided. You, really? You haven't decided yet? <laughs> no, it's not decided. Oh, my. Hey, we have oh, till, my. We have till tomorrow. So, do you well, think, geez, I, why even play the game then? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little on. bit. It's a little bit that way. Do you um, think? Do you think it's the wrong thing to do to take a peek at um, Delta flights today to Las Vegas? I know, right? And missed the 16th uh, birthday day for the daughter. PA and chart and um, and come back Sunday. Is well, let it, me let me put it let move? me let me put it to you this way. How about if I take her at, gift back and sell it and put it on the Chiefs? 
<laughs> is your daughter going to have a birthday next year? Yeah. Yeah. Are the 17 the Chiefs, is so super special. Are the Chiefs going to host the Patriots at Arrowhead next year? I can't say. Yeah, you, look, you got one chance at this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's br- you have right. one chance at this. Right. Then you can have the 18 hyperactive 15, 16, and 17-year-olds at your house for the super special 16th birthday party. How many? Probably in the neighborhood of 18. 18 brooding teenage <laughs> girls. Come on. Oh, All right. Kill me now. Let's um, let's chat with former Patriot Jermaine Wiggins about this uh, AFC title game next. But first, uh, an opportunity to um, uh, put a grand in your hand. Hell yeah. It's the National Cash Contest just by listening to the fan. You can get paid off every hour with a fresh keyword, an opportunity to put a grand in your hand. This hour's keyword is pizza. Text the word pizza to 200-200. Pizza to 200-200. Standard text message and data rates do apply. Again, the keyword to put a grand in your hand, pizza. Text that to 200-200 now. It's the Friday Feast, where at some point, Charge will introduce a topic and PA will pretend to be interested. It's 9 to noon on The Fan. Tether it off, we're gonna tether it off, the mother sucker. Tether it off, the sucker. Tether it off, we're gonna tether it off, the mother sucker. Tether it off, the sucker. Tether it off, we're gonna tether it off, the mother sucker. First penalty against New England now sets up a third and six with 12-22 to play first half. Four receivers set. Brady in the pocket. Brady floats it left side. Philip Dorsett. Touchdown, New England. A strike from Brady on the floater. 15 yards. And the Patriots are clicking. Westwood won. You heard it on the fan last weekend. It was a blowout over the L.A. Chargers. Joining us now to chat New England Patriots football is Maine man Jermaine Wiggins, radio and TV personality in Boston. He is Boston-born and bred, former tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, and um, also a Super Bowl-winning uh, tight end for the New England Patriots. It's the Friday Football Feast with P.A. and Charge. Jermaine, uh, welcome to the feast. How are you, my friend? What's going on, buddy? You know, um, you know, you know what just jumped in my mind. Remember when you played for the Vikings? Mm-hmm. Remember that trash bag scam you used to run on on <laughs> t- on team charters as we would fly to cities. You would get a tra- you you would have a bag, and then wh- whoever wanted to play, you'd be like, put twenty dollars in the bag, and then right. you would walk up and down the aisle, and a bunch of people would play, including yours truly. And then you would pull out a name because you had to write your name on the bill. Then you right. would pull out a bill with a, a fat bag of 20s and be like, and the winner is Jermaine Wiggins. All right, here we go. Let's take off. And you would like you would scoop chips every other week. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Come on now. You know that ain't right. I mean, you know that ain't right. I only won a couple times. Plus the flight attendants would always pull out. So you knew it couldn't be rigged. Uh, Jermaine, uh, beloved wig. Your Patriots, the unstoppable juggernaut known as the red, white, and blue of football immortality, underdogs at Kansas City Sunday. As a fan, do you embrace that role? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because when you look at that role, I remember back in 2001, we were the underdogs uh, when we played the the uh, St. Louis Rams in the Super Bowl and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it worked out pretty good. It's good to be the underdog. It's motivation, you know, knowing, especially this year for the Patriots. I mean, you heard Brady say it. 
uh, after the Chargers game. No one believes they can win. Everybody thinks they suck. So this is definitely motivation that you have, knowing that you're going to go into a hostile environment, Kansas City, and play, and it's going to be difficult out there. So, yeah, it definitely works to their favor. Hey, Jermaine, Paul Jarchian, what a bunch of rubbish that is. <laughs> Nobody thinks we can win. You're freaking Brady and Belichick. It's ridiculous. Do they do they possibly actually believe this? That's they're three point underdogs, not thirty point underdogs. Yeah, and they're they're hitting the violins like, oh, nobody thinks we can win. Oh, come on. But nobody does think they can oh, win. Oh, stop. No, no, I don't no, I don't want it. That's a, that's the narrative everybody's been pushing. Oh, they've been so successful, this, that, and the other. Yeah, that was in years past, but nobody nobody's expecting them to win this game. Nobody's expecting them to be in the Super Bowl. Out of the four teams that are remaining, everybody's nobody's picking them to, to advance out of those four teams left. So they are. I mean, they're just telling the truth. Nobody is picked nobody there was a lot of people last week against the Chargers. Who, when they played the Chargers, who picked uh, the Chargers to win that game? No, a lot of people didn't. Pay, uh, I went with the Chargers on that one. Nobody's expected them to win that game. Nobody's expecting them to win this game. It's true. I mean, that's the, that's what it is. Stop pushing the narrative of just because they've been successful over the past, you know, eighteen years. Now they can't use the underdog thing. Uh, they no can't. To win. No, you can't do that. You absolutely can't play the underdog card when you're the most successful. Coach quarterback combo in the yeah, history of professional the, uh, sports. But when you're the underdog, guess what? You can play that card because no. that's the reality of it. They're the underdog. I mean, I could see if they weren't the underdog that they were trying to play that card. But who, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Who you got winning? Yeah. Uh, let, 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 let me set it up like this. Number eighty-five. Paul Charchi and my co-host every Friday, Elite Football Mind. We right. analyzed the AFC title game for twelve yep. minutes before you came on to set it up for Wigcred to join the 9 to Noon show. He made so many compelling cases indicating the Kansas City Chiefs were going to handle the New England Patriots. I was strongly considering purchasing a flight to Las Vegas after the radio show to mash on the Kansas City Chiefs on the money line. So he loves the Chiefs, right, Charge? I do. All that said... I do think the Chiefs are going to win, but you can't, when you're a three-point underdog, you can't be hit the violins about how nobody believes in us. There isn't a single person alive that would be surprised if Brady and Belichick walk out with a win. Well, that's a, but that's a, different, that's a different question, though. No one would be surprised. I mean, of course, because of their history, but the, but the, the, the comment you've made is they can't use the underdog thing when you said there are a lot of people that are not the underdog. You yourself, I'm picking the Chiefs. I am picking the Chiefs win to win. You're, yes, you're probably picking the Chiefs to win this game. Easy. I bet you you're, you're, you're probably looking at Chiefs will win by a touchdown at least. So to me, that's telling uh, telling me if I'm on that team that no one expects us to win this game. No one at all. And that is where they're using that underdog mentality. Now, here's the problem. The problem is I think there's gonna everybody's gonna be in it for a rude awakening because. People should have taught everybody a long time ago. You, you know, your mama should have woke you up in the morning when she's sending you to school or she's getting re- getting you ready for whatever it is. Or your wife, when she gets you up for work, she should tell you, never, ever bet against the Patriots. If you do, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> More often than not, you do end up on the wrong side of that bet, for sure. And there's no doubt about that. All right, I want to talk to you about the your your Patriots team. Uh. On the by the way, oh my God! I th- today you you turned forty four today. I think you already hit the sauce, Jermaine. Jermaine, it's your I birthday. Celebrating! It I think you 
I think you are celebrating early. I think you've I think you've already hit the sauce. I can tell. Wait, <laughs> wait, covenant claps for number eighty five. Yeah, absolutely. For joining nine to noon on his birthday. Happy birthday, Jermaine Wiggins. Well, you know, you know what it is. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great day. But hey, well, mentally you've slowed down. We can already tell. Yeah, but when you're a Pats fan, you know what? Every day's a great day. Every day's a birthday. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it's too bad the Chiefs are going to ruin your birthday weekend. And you know what? Maybe the Memphis Grizzlies will start it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Vikings, um, listen, we can't talk about the Pats right now. So we get these Vikings in order and get them fixed. No, we're oh, talking man, about the Pats. A, that's we'll that's we'll, we'll worry stuff, about man. us in a little while. <laughs> let's talk your Patriots on the road. That'll That'll sober you up. Uh, 12 fewer points scored per game, six fewer mm-hmm. first downs, 26 fewer passing yards, six more points allowed, 37 more yeah. rushing yards allowed, 41 more passing yards allowed. Your squad hasn't won a road playoff game since 2006. Why should we think that suddenly your team's going to be able to go win against a very good team on the road? Now, 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 you know, all those numbers are good, but you got to remember, those are all regular season numbers. They haven't had a good uh, year on the road in the regular season. Correct. But anybody who, who knows football will tell you, when you get into the playoffs, everybody starts at 0-0, and it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. I can attest to that, and PA can attest to that. I think we were, when uh, I think it might have been 2005 when I was with Minnesota, and we got into the playoffs as 8-8. Eight eight. We were able to go into Green Bay and yes. win, so... It has nothing to do with you, what you do in the regular season. Now you look at their playoff record on the road. They are they 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 haven't won in a long time. But if you look at those three games, they lost two to Denver and they lost one to the Colts. And all those games came the the one game they lost to Denver, they lost by two points. The other one they lost by five points. The game against the Colts, they lost by four points. So that tells me even though they lost those games on the road, it is a close game. Now here's where I will say this: if it's going to be a close game. And you're a betting man, put your money on the Patriots because at the end of the day, when it comes to a close game, it comes down to two things. The coach making good decisions, understanding the clock, time management, whatever they may be, and the quarterback not putting his team in a bad position or making a big play. And when it comes down to those, who would you rather have with a minute and a half to go in the game, either down by three or up by four, whatever it may be, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, or Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. I'm putting my money on Brady and Belichick. And if it is a close game, the Pats win it. You referenced the 2004 Viking season. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, right around the time you guys beat Green Bay before you lost to Philadelphia, uh, mm-hmm. do you remember your hair? I do. <laughs> pretty that, long. Yeah, that was a uh, chart. That was Afro's. America's <laughs> finest receivers oh, on I Sunday. That. Yes. Jermaine yeah. Wiggins, Kelly Campbell, Randy Moss, I think yeah. Nate Burleson, but definitely yeah. Corey Chavis had yeah. the biggest afros from the seventies coming out of their helmets that you ever would see. And Jermaine, I mean, you're because your your hair your hair's almost like kind of straight and curly. You know what I mean? Right. Straight and curly. Yeah, yeah, excuse well, me. Excuse me. Yeah, your your hair can be straight, yet when it gets longer, it gets curly. Yeah, well, you know what? I got to thank my Italian mother for that one. So, <laughs> um, how how bad is it going to be Sunday? Uh, if and or when Patrick Mahomes is just rolling up and down the field and looks virtually unstoppable. Seriously, how in the hell do you stop Patrick Mahomes? He's an unstoppable train right now, Wig. Well, if you go back, and I know it's early in the season, and you you, you go back to the Part of the game plan that you had the first time you played them 
when you were winning 24 to 9 at halftime and you were basically, you know, controlling that Kansas City offense. You have to take some of those elements that you used against them in that first half. You can't do what you did in the second half because you made Tyreek Hill run all over you. So you have to use some of those elements, but you've got to understand that Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to score points. So you got to, as an offense, you got to be able to do the same thing. And that's what you were able to do. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs or you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, yeah, they're going to score points. But you also got to be like, well, guess what? The Patriots are going to score points. So it's going to come down to, I think, at the end of the day, you know, one of those defenses got to step up. And when you look at who has the better defense, it's the Patriots. And, you know, they got to be able to make some plays. Their secondary is playing extremely well. I don't think you'll see Tyreek Hill have those. He'll make plays, but I don't think you'll see him have those plays where he's just wide open running 70 yards with nobody around. But they'll do a better job um, than they did the first go-around and then a lot of teams uh, do on him because you cannot single cover him. you got to be able to double him and throw different coverages at Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, three touchdowns, 142 yards in the earlier uh, earlier matchup this year. I think a lot of this comes down to containing the Chiefs' pass rush. You know, you mentioned you know the Patriots are probably the better overall defense, mm-hmm. but Chiefs got the best pass rush in the NFL. Right. They had led the league in sacks. Meanwhile, your squad gave up the second fewest sacks. How do you break down the line of scrimmage matchup between these two? Well, I mean, I think when you look when you look at the Patriots, you know, it's about game planning for them. They just played a team that has a very very good pass rush in the uh, Chargers. They 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 play teams that have good pass rushes in the past, like. The Houston Texans, the thing that they do the, uh, do the most, and if you uh, heard some of the audio between uh, uh, Bolser and Brady in that game, is they get the ball out. So they negate that pass rush by getting the ball out and getting it out to their receivers or their running backs, letting Brady get it out of his hands quick. And that's something that they do well. So that's what they'll be able to do. And the other thing that they, they're going to do is they're going to run at those pass rush uh, defensive ends and outside linebackers. They'll run at Justin Houston. They'll run at D4. And now those guys, they're not necessarily great against the run, so they have to now think about that in their head. Hey, not only are they getting the ball out quick, they're running at me. Uh, they're putting Gronk at the point of attack. So that's how they negate it. They just don't sit there and go, all right, we're going to keep it, get a seven-step drop, knowing that these guys are, are tremendous pass rushers. No. They three-step balls out. So before you know it, these guys are getting frustrated. Like, man, we can't even get to Brady because the ball's coming out so quick. Better tight end and why? Jermaine Wiggins or Travis Kelsey? Oh, you know know it's Jermaine Wiggins. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from Travis Kelsey. I think uh, what he's been able to do (laughs) is is spectacular. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you have that talent and you can go out there and and you can – take advantage of your opportunities, which he's been able to do in my career. When I got those opportunities, especially in Minnesota, to, to be a pass-catching tight end, you take advantage of it. You, you do what you uh, have the gifts of doing. And, and Travis Kelsey is a big guy. He runs good routes. He's got good hands. Um, and he's good run after the catch. So you got to know, you got to understand, he's got to make plays. But I would rather Travis Kelsey having to be the guy to beat me than Tyree Kill because it's just like when I played with Minnesota back in those back in those days, uh, PA. You'd rather have me beat you than Randy Moss because Randy Moss <laughs> can beat you with one play where you're gonna have to kind of go up the field with myself with Travis Kelsey to make plays after plays. You know, we're not turning a five yard out route into an eighty yard touchdown like Tyree Kill can. 
And I think that's the element you got to say is, okay, you want Travis Kelsey to get his seven catches for 110 yards? We'll take that versus Tyreek Hill having three catches for 175 yards. Happy birthday, Jermaine. Make it a good one, and thanks for the time. All right, thanks. Enjoy the game Sunday. Please don't bet on the Pats. I don't want you to lose it. <laughs> See you, about Jermaine Wiggins, former tight end for the Vikings, Super Bowl winning tight end for the New England Patriots. The Chargers. The NFC title game portion of the equation. That's analyzed next. It's PA in charge. They're Hollywood as hell, but they're still very good. On the fan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's one you all can sing with us. When the Saints go marching in. Gurley to single back. A tight end attached right. Goff is under center. They need the 40-yard line on this third down play. It's a play fake. It's play action. Goff throws left side. Cup in space. The 30 down the left sideline. Cooper cut the 10. Cooper cut the touchdown! Touchdown LA! And a two-point will tie it as they look to complete the comeback. Breeze in the shotgun, two receivers to either side. He empties the backfield as Mark Ingram splits out wide to the left. Breeze drops back, throws down the slot. Mike Thomas in stride! He's to the 30! He's to the 20! To the 10! Touchdown! Mike Thomas, 72 yards! And the Saints strike a hole in the hearts of the Rams in the fourth! NFC title game rematch from week nine. Highlights courtesy ESPN LA 710 and WWL flagship station New Orleans Saints. You know, in that game, charge, the Saints jumped the Rams. And because of it, the Rams with a, a fully capable and fully healthy Todd Gurley. They had to go away from the run in that game. So Gurley finished with 68 yards. Yeah. The in 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 Las Vegas, according to my guys in the cornfields, you you, uh, you being an elite prop betting mind, the initial line for Todd Gurley rushing yards in this game, what would you guess it would be? Todd Gurley seventy three. Wow, seventy three and a half. On uh, yeah, seventy three and a half is where it opened. Yes, spectacular, ha! spectacular wow. guess. Got bet down to seventy one. Okay, so it's the sharps. It's the C- the CJ Anderson factor, right? Is massive there. The, the sharps and and there McVeigh. The, the this is this is very fascinating to me because Gurley was limited and or missing practice for weeks up to the divisional round game against Dallas. Correct. Todd Gurley's nicked up. The from what I understand from from sourcing a little bit with those closer to Rams football than me is yes, Todd is not completely 100%, but the majority of players in the NFL who play a lot right now aren't. Right, Todd absolutely could be a 30-carry-a-game guy right now, mm-hmm. and, and, and he would not show any ill effects of whatever's nagging him. With the zone-blocking bit they are using with the L.A. Rams and the combo-blocking and selling things one way and sweeping it around the other way, C.J. Anderson, from his days with the Denver Broncos, and from his days running zone behind zone-blocking offensive lines, he's so naturally gifted at doing it the right way mm-hmm. and selling it the right way and weaving, like those C.J. Anderson runs. 
They weren't Adrian Peterson powerhouse run no. straight ahead bits. They were weaving bits. You know, where, where he set, I guess C.J. Anderson is so good at setting up his blockers with the way they run uh, from, from the, the zone run standpoint that that played into him having the buck 20 and change and two touchdowns more than, ah, girly 60% and we're going to supplant Todd. Is it's, it's the type of offense they're running now. So thus, with all that said, the Sharps in the 702, my guys in the cornfields have learned, have mashed the under on Todd Gurley's rushing yards in this game from 73 and a half down to 71. Your thoughts? There are there are if you look at the sort of the the analytics and the metrics, CJ Anderson's been the better back for a couple of games, the two the couple of games that he's played. Yeah. Um get this. He's averaging 4 yards after contact. Wow. 4 yards after initial contact. Yeah. And by the way, before contact last week Gurley and C.J. Anderson had rolled up before contact 120 rushing yards before there was even a Cowboy on them. Wow. And this was a Cowboy team that rolled into the playoffs sixth in rushing defense. Sixth. Yeah. So this turns into an absolutely fascinating matchup because the Saints have been this season the NFL's best run defense. Right. They're third in attempts against. They're second in yards per game. They're first in yards per carry. This is an awesome run defense. So, without a doubt, if you're the Saints, you play to keep your run defense awesome. You're not going to let Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson beat you. You're going to make you're going to make Jared Goff go into a hostile environment and go prove that he's ready to win a playoff game. Yeah, he was not ready to do it last year in a host, in a difficult spot. He was not. We'll find out if he's ready to do it here when he's got to go into one of the toughest away game, I guess, disadvantages that you could possibly have. Yeah. In the Superdome. Well, it's, to, you know that it's stopping the run is just ab, It's the it's the single most most important thing, agreed. offensively or defensively, yeah. the Saints can do. And They're see, gonna do one thing in this playoff game. It's stop the run. Now, now, uh, Fila fairness and losing act uh, per my guys in the cornfields with. Um, the recent foray uh, and/or trip to the 702. Yes. Um, of the up now, like like we thought New England would win, but we didn't want to give the 190 on the money line. Tied the minus four to stuff, but the other stuff lost. So it's not like every single opinion was unbelievably bad. But for entertainment purposes only, when we actually did speculate on sides in those four playoff games last yeah. week. We went 0 for 4. Colts money line, Cowboys money line. The uh, the most genius of them all was um yeah, the the under in the Patriots Chargers game. Oh god, you're in the first you tear that ticket up in the in the for, first quarter practically. It's under 47 and a half. They had 42 points at halftime. Unbelievable. And then um and then Saints minus 8, they win by 6. Yeah. Okay. So so that was last week. Cowboys had a chance to cover, didn't. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? And we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. So my opinion sucks. But for whatever it's worth this weekend, why I lean underwhelming performances in each game is, thank you very much, Nordo, is um, is off exactly what you just mentioned, Churchy. The importance and emphasis on the run and stealing possessions mm-hmm. or elongating possessions to keep these really good quarterbacks off the field. 
And I anticipate it will happen with Kamara and Ingram mm-hmm. and Anderson and or Gurley. Now, deep diving, there there is one factor in this game that you did not mention, and I think it's a significant factor. One of the better players overall for the New Orleans Saints defense, Sheldon Rankins, their Sheldon Richardson, their three technique, right. third, third or fourth year from Louisville, really good former first-round pick. He's out. And yeah. He's done. He's done the rest of the run. So um, the the guy replacing him, David Omanyada, something like that, um, he not as good a pass rusher, right? stout against the run, but not Sheldon Rankins. I wonder how that plays into it. it well, it may, but I think the stout against the run, not to keep reiterating this point, way more important to me. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, let's go make Jared Goff. Let me give you some Jared Goff stats. Yeah. You know, I love my stats. Um, and why I think Jared Goff may not be uh, may not be up for this. Over his last six games, Paul, Jared Goff, zero or one touchdown in five of the six games. Wow. He has failed to top even 216 passing yards, which is nothing in today's NFL. Five of the last six games. Yeah. He has more picks than touchdowns in five of more picks than touchdowns over the last six games. Mm-hmm. He's never won a playoff game. He's in a brutally tough stadium to play in. His average away game all year, not just the last six games, all year's average away game is just 243 yards and, and 1.3 touchdowns. Paul, that's not you can't win. You can't beat the Saints with that kind of performance yeah. from Jared Goff, and he's done nothing to this point to suggest that he is ready to make the next step. Which which doesn't mean he's not going to. Yeah. He could have a very good game. Sean McVay's brilliant. He might unlock that from him. But to this point, Jared Goff hasn't shown that he's ready for this spot. So you like the Saints? I like the Saints. You like the Saints convincingly? I like the Saints to cover. At their, their win and cover. They're <clears throat> three and a half. Some of the dynamics in this game, the ancillary dynamics outside of of analyzing the the yards per attempt, the, the run defense, the whole thing, is one, we mentioned John Sullivan atop the show. Secondly, would be new school versus old school. Now, Sean Payton was hired as head coach of the New Orleans Saints in 2006. The same year the Vikings hired Brad Childress. Yeah. So through all that bounty gates, Cole Champ mock the whole thing. Nevertheless, that's a lot of equity, and he is a very, very talented offensive mind. He's can I a- can I interject one thing of that course. I love about Peyton? Yeah. And I don't like him. I don't like him, but I I respect this. Yeah. A lot of times, I think as coaches get older, and yeah. McCarthy fell right into this, mm-hmm. I think they get very conservative and they get stuck yeah. in their ways. Yeah. Not Sean Payton. You stepped on my touchdown call. Sean Payton uh, decides this Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill guy can yeah. do everything. The fake I'm going gonna, gonna to use him in yeah. a billion different ways. Yeah. He's going to be my quarterback. He's yeah. going to be a run option. The fake He's, punt I'm against gonna Philly changed the game. I'm going to run a fake punt yeah. when my when my team is listless Honey. and on the potential of ready to lose. I'm about gonna run a fake, fake punt on my own 35. How about an onside kick to start the second half of a Super Bowl? Right. He and, is and, so aggressive-minded. I like that he hasn't gotten old yeah. on the job. He's older, but yeah. he hasn't lost the his risk taking. Is st- it's still there and yeah. his inventiveness is still there. Sean Payton is an elite coach. I don't have to like him. I agree. But I can respect him. All right, so you got that. Um so you got that old school nature. How about your quarterback in the NFL for about two decades, Drew Brees. Now you got new school first overall pick in the draft, Jared Goff. 
Drew Brees, I think, was the first pick of the second round when he came in. He was. Because of his diminutive nature. Yes. Chargers uh, went Tomlinson Brees right. in the first and second round. Sean McVay, new school guru. Mm-hmm. Cat's ass. You know, every every time somebody gets hired, it's it's like Cliff Kingsbury wanted to stretch so hard to have a tie to Sean McVay that like in his press conference he said something along the lines of and I know Sean McVay. Yes. I always love that one. <laughs> so the Arizona Cardinals put that in their release. That's right. And then Kingsbury or somebody had to be like, take that out, please. <laughs> right. We're not, we're not going to put in my job hiring <laughs> release. My resume. Yeah, that yeah. I know no. Sean McVay, and that's how I got the job. Did you see what Wade Phillips said yesterday? No. His son is, t- his son is coaching at, like, Western Wisconsin, or Western Washington, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and Wade Phillips said, my son... Because I work with Sean McVay, my son has his phone number, so he's available to hire. I always love that one. So, I mean, it really is a classic old school, new school here. Everybody's on McVay's jock. You know, it's it's like for our new guy, uh, the the offensive advisor slash assistant head coach, Gary Kubiak, Mm -hmm. if you said this early in the week, if you get Sean McVay and or Kyle Shanahan, two super well-respected offensive minds to open veins, they would go on for hours about the Gary Kubiak influence and what they do. Gary's old school, McVay new school, Sean Payton old school, McVay new school, Goff new school. Yeah. Um along with um uh Breeze old school. So there there's a clash, there's a clash in dynamics there, but our guy, our former frequent guest on the Friday Football Feast, John Sullivan. Right in the middle. Sullivan was starting center for the Vikings in 09. We didn't need him. In the loudest yeah. building in which Outside of maybe Metrodome for the Vikings Dallas divisional round playoff game that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, the the box box was shaking nearing the end of the game. That's how loud it was. And and the the common thread here is Saints were favored by three or three and a half that NFC title game. They are here. They're at home. Uh, the Vikings had a very accomplished, very good offense yep. with a big, upright-type running back in Adrian Peterson, like um, uh, like Todd Gurley, you know, with a with a very well-respected offense. I think the um, I, I think the commonalities here, uh, outside of Favre and Goff, obviously, which is very big. Um, I think the common thread here is 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 uh, pretty apparent from the '09 NFC title game to this one. John Sullivan, yeah. Well, no, just overall. I mean the 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 way the Rams play, their offensive dynamics, their mm-hmm. receivers, their upright running back, um, and um, and the Saints still with Breeze and Payton. You know, it's um, which which means which means the Rams will go for five hundred twenty five <laughs> yards of offense, turn it over five times, have Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen try to chop Todd Gurley down at the knees with a high low combo. And um and, and then Jared Goff will throw an ill advised across his body pass yeah. at the very end of the game. And there will be a terrible pass interference call on some guy named Little John in overtime. And um and Will Lutz will walk off a winner. Could be. Um it's uh it really there's is there any scenario of these four teams left that creates a bad Super Bowl? No. They're all they're oh, all phenomenal. great. Yeah. They're all great, right? Well, and like if you have KC going there, we've seen KC Patriots, we've seen KC Rams, haven't seen KC New Orleans. No, that wouldn't be That'd bad. Be fun, right? That'd oh, be pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, Nine to noon mixes music and misery. When we continue. 
A spot in Super Bowl 53 is on the line when the Saints host the Rams, followed by the Patriots at the Chiefs. Coverage on Championship Sunday begins at 1230 on KFAN. The free movie Friday program with Adam Tickets. It is back, people. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and you skip the lines. It is incredible. Today, Adam Tickets, A-T-O-M Tickets, wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text the word PEN, P-E-N, to Adam1. Pen. Text it to Adam1. That's 28661. For your chance to win, standard data and text message rates may apply. The 1101 Friday Football Feast in the Love Covenant. It's 1101 with PA in charge. Time to uh, mix in music and misery. Joining us now in studio is a man uh, we affectionately refer to as Bossberg, 9 to noon. His name is Greg Swedberg, Vice President of Programming, not only for the fan, uh, but uh, for all of our iHeart radio stations in this market. And he's done so for many, many years, each and every year for profit. Uh, He has analyzed music at an incredibly high level for many, many years. He also can be found on Twitter at that's a lot of G's. Don't do that. Uh, he's, don't, don't follow that. He's a dedicated sports fan, and uh, he's in studio with us now. I, if you're gonna follow, if you're gonna follow, that's a lot of G's on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to feel a certain amount of angst about our offensive line because it's gonna, that, it's going to yeah. come up once in a while. I mean, we're not here to talk about the differences between Cody Ford and Jawan Taylor. <laughs> <Isn't that what? laughs> I'm not that far down the road <laughs> okay, yet on those right. names. Is it K State in Oklahoma? Uh, that one's Oklahoma and yeah. Florida. Okay, I knew the Oklahoma name. Yeah. You're that far. Da- See, the music and misery part of it is there are times Minnesota Vikings football, specifically offensive line play, make you miserable. Uh, there are times, like last night, Minnesota, oh. Minnesota Wild play makes you miserable. So, and, and you're the most elite musical mind in this building. So it's music and misery. Oh, let's begin with the misery so we can get it out of the okay. way. All right. What if what if Gary Kubiak joining the offensive covenant, and the fact that he is elite with zone blocking schemes? Yeah. What if that means? The Vikings don't necessarily need an offensive lineman at at 18th overall in the draft. Well, then, if that's what they feel, if they if that's how they feel the right way to do it is, then do what you need to do. But you wouldn't support that. Well, you would bitch about it all of May. I don't know, Paul. How many really good offensive lines exist if you don't really spend any draft capital on them? Fair question. Not a lot. It can be done, but it's hard. Right, and do you think that you have enough good stuff already in the uh, pipeline here in Minnesota? O- O'Neal, Elfline, Reap, let's go. O'Neal, okay. Elfline, you guys overrate. Come on, he's over. You guys overrate him. I don't. I don't understand why he's he's average at very best. He's very be- average. Had a lot of bad breaks go against him last year. Really? Yeah, he had to play with those two guards next. To him. <laughs> no, there were um, there were a lot of penalties against Elfline that were not called game after game. Okay. So the adversary was cheating game after game. Okay. Only happens against the Vikings. Right? Generally speaking, specifically and, and the offensive Viking. line. 
Yeah, and that guy. All right, we, we, we take a bad beat, and nobody else, no other teams do. So with Kubiak, if you deep dive his run in Houston, yes, and some of his work in Denver, not not a plethora of high draft picks with those teams throwing the ball for a zillion yards, running with Arian Foster. So Stefanski coordinates it. Kubiak amplifies it. What if they think they can dial in on good skill position players early? So we got like Diggs and Thielen and, and hey, Cook and like do more. And then we get offensive linemen later because they fit the scheme. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, fire them all. Okay. Come on! And that is that is kind of it, right? No team has put fewer picks in the top three rounds to their offensive line than the Vikings over the last decade. And now, funny, we're in the spot we're in now of des- near desperation. Well, we were, we've spot. been in this spot for a couple of years. We really have. At, at least I mean, three they, now. Here's the thing. When they signed Reef and Remmers, yeah. I, think, I think Reef was fine. Remember, he's out. he was left off, off Detroit. Detroit didn't want him anymore. Right. They well, weren't going to pay him anymore. They so went they, with Rick Wagner. Well, they, and, they, and they drafted uh, was it, uh, Decker. Decker. So they, you know, they essentially they weren't going to pay Reef anymore. So we pay him like a starting left tackle. Yeah, he's making good money. Right? Yeah, so hey, he's very good. He's okay. Yeah, he's very good. He's not in the top half of the National Football League left tackles. Mm, I think you're wrong because if you look at right defensive ends, there are so many times that those guys are pulling him down and committing penalties. So that's and they're he, not and he's the only one. The in the National it's ridiculous <laughs> how he gets okay. jobbed play after play. I think sometimes uh, you guys overrate <laughs> Reef and, and Elfline because they don't suck as bad as Remmers and Compton. Yeah, by comparison, so, yeah, there's something to that, I think. What are you doing? You're, you're the one that often, in my 20 years of working with you, is like, do you get it? Do those four words, do you get it? I'm going to ask you right now, with all due respect. I get it. And, you're one, of, and hmm. you're, you're, like, you're one of my chief bosses, so I'm not trying to disrespect you. Do you get it? I get it. Did you not hear... The end of the wild game last night and or the post-game did, show did on you, Fox Sports North. Did you hear? Okay, do, do you not appreciate protecting partnerships? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> that's, after, why I, that's why I put the Twitter account away last night. I mean, you're ripping players by name. The Vikings are a long-standing partner with us. I'm your Vox. I, I think that even the I think even the, the Vikings are probably have come to the conclusion that those two guys probably are. But you're not, not doing it the, like Fox Sports North. Where they lose three zero to a team that has three quarters of the on, team, the, not even you have heard of, Jim and you Pete, follow it hold daily. On, hold on, Jim Pete will rip players by name, right, on the Timberwolves broadcast, right, right. I understand that. So mm-hmm. the, that's Fox Sports North, yeah. But like late stages of the game and after the game, Parisi had eleven shots last night. Yeah, ain't no stopping us now. Are you kidding me? You Let's go into this about Columbus, that. Let's go into this Columbus Let's game. Let's talk about hockey in Minnesota. Let's go. Feeling good. Uh, so you better. Uh, Respect the segment. I do. And protect the partnership. Uh huh. Okay. So, enough of this offensive line bashing. Uh, you're no, what? here, Paul, here's the thing. So, like, call and me I, by I, my name. Weird. I, Vox. Okay. I know you prefer that. Thank you. Uh, the announcer. If, if, in fact, if, in, if, in fact, that the theory is that, the you know, we don't need to have top caliber, you know, overpowering offensive linemen, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need that. If, if, if they say the philosophy's it's, fine. Mm-hmm. And it works great. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then you know what? I, aren't we kind of done with this? I mean, how many how many times do we have to fail? And, right. And, well, let's just instead of changing the offensive line, let's just change everything else. Okay, but again, you're not, you're not being fair. 
Our, our hip-hop bits Hot 102.5, right? Yeah. Okay, if Hot 102.5 doesn't perform in the people meter the way you want it to, you don't clean out the staff. You give it some time to, to, to meld and how many nurture. Years, how many, right? years how, do I, how yeah. many more years do we need to give the Vikings? Well, that do we, I don't even know if we have a Hot 102.5 staff. We, do, we don't. We okay. uh, It's mostly brought in. Well, we have the program director here. Sweet. So, yeah. um, the Wild. So what happened last night? Seriously, oh, we were, and my guy got pulled eight minutes be, into it. I have to be really careful because there's. Well, it's a partnership too. Yeah, I know careful. it is a partnership, and it's. Parisi you know, had eleven shots of career high. That's great. I know. I mean, a lot of them were right at the guy. It was you know there was a. <laughs> you know, he can shoot it right at his chest. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> the best. Uh, so the, no, I mean, look, the, the team's that team's struggling, and it's you know I I bleed for that one as much as I bleed for the purple, yeah. and it's painful. Fosberg makes me miss Negative Dave. Yeah. Um, oh come on, no one's as bad as Negative Dave. <laughs> he's he's awful. Yeah. Are do you um are you up to speed on the premise of uh, why we had yeah, why you wanted me here in the first place? Other than complaining, hey, wait, wait, sorry. I just burned the whole segment. <laughs> I apologize to everybody for complaining because to but, be honest, I love those teams. It's I, at, I, that's I, all I of, want them to do is win. Just win. At that's a lot of G's. If you would like to correspond via Twitter, um, Vice President of Programming um, has um, analyzed music for profit at a very high level for many many decades. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, PA in charge. Uh, not only do we have differing music tastes, yours truly, I mean, I'm still trapped back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s with my music, but there are a handful of songs that debuted 2018 on that I appreciate and like. Yeah. Likewise for Paul Charchian. And were you turned on to these well, songs mostly by your kids? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> the 25-minute drive to Victoria to Holy Family with my daughter, which is Cherish Time, and it's all new. I mean, she transferred there a month and change ago. So as a sophomore turning 16 tomorrow, dad, dad is the one on the drive, and she gets the playlist. So there have been some songs that I have heard that I absolutely love. So there's some of my favorite songs over the last year. Paul Charchian also has, with his eclectic music taste, he has some songs that are within the last 12 and a half months that he genuinely adores. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking to turn it into a who's better and why we just want you with your trained ear to listen to these songs, analyze them, and just tell us what you think about our new school musical taste. Now, okay. And to be clear about this, I mean, your head is normally on, is this listenable? Is this programmable? Yeah. Is, this something is this something that more that, than 10 people will like? Correct. And so what I want to know going in is, the is answers that, to that yeah, with most I'm of dead. Church's music. I'm, all my stuff's dead. <laughs> no. Um, you have one in your list that was, a, was, was an actual hit. Um, that, sure. yeah, correct. <laughs> and you're lucky that there was one, the to be perfectly honest. The one with words. The one with words. The and one. It is the only one with words, I Great. think. So, uh, the, the, I think, I just want to know going in, is that what you're measuring? Yeah, that, we don't is want that. Is this mass market consumable? No, is we don't that want what that. we're measuring? Yeah. Or no, we, we want your opinion else. as to, because I well, respect no. your, like... Like you, you're the program director for K one oh two. So yeah. I mean you you start and stop everything on the belt buckle later. But your your taste in music is wide ranging. Yes. And and you're also candidly and sometimes brutally honest with no agenda. So I mean when you say Jarch, uh PA, this one's really good. This one's not good and here's why. We respect it. Okay. It's just taste. I mean, music's just taste. I mean mm-hmm. that's all 
Uh, let's um, let's uh, pause and let's go through these songs around the corner uh, with uh, Greg Swedberg, Bossberg, Vice President of Programming uh, for the iHeartRadio family, including KFAN, and uh, a man who has been compensated to analyze music at an extremely high level for many years. Before we head to break, it's time uh, to release the keyword uh, for a grand in your hand. Definitely got to get this out with uh, the super boss in studio. It's the National Cash Contest. Listen to the fan every hour for the keyword, your shot to put a grand in your hand. A thousand bucks every hour, a new keyword. This hour's keyword is run. Text the word run to 200-200. The keyword is run. Text it to 200-200 right now. Run to 200-200. Standard text messaging and data rates apply. You're listening to PA in Charge. It's a Friday football feast, 9 to noon on The Fan. Programming of The Fan brought to you in part by Quick Trip. All right, here we go. Five new school songs preferred by yours truly. Five new school songs preferred by Paul Charchian. Greg Swedberg, Bossberg, at That's A Lot Of G's via Twitter. Uh, he's the vice president of programming, does a lot with music here in the uh, iHeart uh, radio family. Uh, he's here to analyze and uh, pontificate and uh, chat about our musical selections. Uh, Nordo is uh, the master mixer of the music and misery segments. What do you got? Well, I, th- I feel like we should go back and forth, sure. right? Versus uh, just five and five, back and sure. forth. Get a taste of uh, each of uh, each of your picks here. You know my musical taste better, basically better than anybody. Yes. What do you think of my quintet of songs? I think uh, I think you definitely heard these on the way with your daughter in the morning to drop her <laughs> off at school. Okay. Uh, a couple of them I feel like could be sinkhole selections even for me. Okay. Uh, one of them is a reach. Okay. But uh, but I like your five What about overall. Charge's songs? Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to hate all of them, and it's fine. Well, you know, I'm used to this. The this is, there's no There's no amount of... Of hate disparaging that you can send my yeah. way that I haven't already heard a million times. If okay. you were an FBI profiler and you wondered what certain characteristics were of a serial killer, uh, you I would uh, you one. would hear uh, some of this music. One of them, I think, would be good if you played it over the speakers of medieval times. But we'll, but that we'll is get true. to one of those yeah. uh, in just a second. No, gonna... I, when I, I when I researched this, that's a really good oh, way of putting it. Oh, you've heard the songs? I, I did a little background. Oh, you're mentally he showed, armed. He, I didn't showed, know he showed me the list. Of, All right, good. So, so And I was like... This is the kind of music when they, you know, when they catch the serial killer in the basement <laughs> that's on really loud. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how they kind of cover their uh, entrance in because the music's playing so loud. He's I, got some gal locked in the basement. I do have, um, I, much of what, much of my stuff, three out of my five songs have no words. The, I like having soundtrack of my life running. And so <laughs> while I'm working and doing things, I like yeah. having, I like having no words. So that it just it feels like it's the yeah. soundtrack of my life. I like that. Soundtrack of my life would be if you can't be with the one you want, love the one you're with. Um, quickly, music and misery. Wild lines of practice today. Greenway stall coil. Zucker coil wing. Uh, Zucker Koivu Grandland. Parisi Rask hmm. Aberg. Felino Eriksonek Cunnan. That's today into the Columbus game. Coil wing. JT Brown's out. Yeah, JT Brown dead. All right, here we go. All right, we're going to start out with one of PA's songs uh, by Billie Eilish. It's called Lovely with Khalid. Love the song, Charge. 
My daughter does too. Listen to the violin come in. Pretend violin. Thank you. <laughs> this voice though is pretty good. Take your time. Which one? That's Billy. Billy's a girl, apparently. And there's Khalid joining her. Is it Khalid or is it college? It is college. I don't think we need much more to know the this. Nice to get to the hook sometime. Oh, let's get to the hook. It's an absolute winner. This is my second favorite song going right now. I listened to it three, four oh, times. That's a hit back. record. I mean, oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. songs are hits too on KWB. Mm, not really. No. <laughs> Billy, look at that. Yeah, that's that's Shut what you need right there. If it were a race, I just won by ten. It's uh, that's to me. That's got cities '97 written all over it. A little bit, yeah. Oh, sweet! It's. I mean, there's a lot of that angst-ridden stuff that's kind of big with the kids. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, didn't seem. What do you think? Oh, there's, lovely. There's in there. there's, that song there's a is a little of angst to that. Lovely that by Billie Eilish that. and Khalid. Your thoughts? It's fine. Fine. <laughs> it's, a song, it's a song that You're making maybe, it sound like it's a song that maybe maybe we'll remember. Arizona Cardinals offensive what? I, you know, maybe we'll remember that song in five years. I that know. song will stand the test of time. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Like some Bruno Mars music <laughs> will stand the test of time. Well, how, yeah, much no, pop, how much pop music really stands the test of time anymore? I mean, they pump, they pump. There's five well, songs like that. Now that's a great, that's a great question. So, I mean, the question is, it used to, yeah. Because like that reminds me of like that CD stuff still stands test test test. test so as V as VP of programming, does standing the test of time no, matter to no, you? No, not really. Okay, no. no. I mean, and generally, it's what you're looking for is someone going to stick around for yeah. three minutes. Well, you have a millennial daughter. Oh yeah. So can you with 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 trademark X? Can you kind of get a feel for what she and her friends are digging and bring it to work and like see if it'll work? Yeah, I mean, I That's can. Sweet. It's nice. It's it's always a sounding board to find out what are you downloading this week, what are you listening to. That's that's helpful. That's, that's awesome. fine. I mean, that's 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 okay. Ain't hurting anybody. So you give it an eight and a half out of ten. Sure. Oh sweet. American right. Bandstand. I can dance to it. I guess it's about <laughs> seventy-five. Uh, let's go to the uh, first song of Charge's list. Happens to be the first one, uh, maybe the only one that I'm actually familiar with. It is uh, Beck, and the song is Colors. How much has his music changed? Ah, uh, that's right. what I love about Beck. Oh. Me and baby brother. Oh, nice. <laughs> Girls on film. This is an 80s song. Just 100%. Uh-huh. This is within the last year? Yep. Yeah. This is Thompson Twins. I'm in Gen like Howard Con. Jones. It's like yeah. playing yes. board games. I am Charchy and I got sweet hair. <laughs> Wear children's shoes. And tight pants. I like fantasy. I like Norno's words better. <laughs> Sports sometimes. Girls on film. Duran Duran, right? Yes. God forbid anybody can hear the song. I want to hear it. I'm sorry. No, it's, it. you you're you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that was an actual hit. It got in the top uh, ten in the alternative chart. Really? Yeah. Is so it, it played on alt? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did it? Allison Brie was in the video for it. I mean, mm-hmm. are you familiar with Allison Brie? She's no. on Glow. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. Uh, funny too. It's cute. The whole the video is very cute. Yeah. I mean, I just think that he's made a remarkable, you know, tr- 
Because that that's that's legitimately like an '80s song. That is Big a time. straight up '80s pop song. It is. Beck, what Beck does that's fascinating to me. Every album is totally different than the last album. The one before this was melancholic and slow. And then he comes back with an album that's all hits. They're all radio ready hits. Yeah. And Beck is I, as di- as as diverse as any big name artist going right now. And just the stuff that he does is fascinating and weird. And I I love almost everything that he touches. So does that get a four out of ten? No, I, I oh. actually that's a really well. See, I'm a sucker for '80s music. I okay, yeah, really '80s pop music to me is the greatest. Eighties and sixties pop music, is okay. the greatest music of all time. Okay, so, um, so five and a half out of ten. No, that's that's like an eight or nine. Yeah, that's, great. Oh, no, because that's because wow. wait, wow. wait till you get the last the rest of the yeah, list. Yeah, right. So, it's all it's all gonna be zero <laughs> one. Is negative, my next song my current favorite song? Uh, it might be the one that we play with a Sweet. weekly football related guest. Uh, uh, it's Post Malone and oh, yeah. Sway Lee. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the song is Sunflower. This is a hit record. It is. Uh, I, I love Post Malone. Don't you love this charge? I've only heard three seconds of it. Give me a chance. Sway Lee first, Post Malone second. You can get into this. Yeah. Big Al. It's got an MIA feel to me. Hold on. Phenomenal song. It's hook, uh, hook. Left in the dust. I, l- I like Post Malone a lot. I think he's really creative. We won't hear the Post Malone part for time um, time, time related. Uh, I, I'm a giant fan of Post Malone. Nine right. and a half out of ten on that song? Yeah, it's uh, about an eight. Sells, last the, stands the test of time. It might. Appeals to 53 down to nine-year-olds, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 huge I, winner. I, I like that song. <laughs> I, I, I like Post Malone. So, If you were a record mogul in Los Angeles, fat cigar in your mouth, and Sway Lee and Post Malone walked into your office and did that. Yeah, you'd probably say thank you. Yeah, and you would give them millions of dollars to own the rights, right? Uh, yeah, well, that's not how it works anymore. No. <laughs> I'm wrapped up in Bohem- Bohemian Rhapsody. No, yeah, it's not. It's not like it is in the old Queen movie there, no. Okay. Uh, so that's, next, good, that's a good song. Next song for charge. You know, skip into the middle of some of these charge songs, okay? Don't don't go. Yeah, for the a beginning. lot of mine. Yeah, a lot that's of, easy. See, you know, a lot of mine tend to be six, seven minute songs, and they take like you know two minutes to get ramped up. Come on. Okay. That's well, this is this one's by a band this called L Ten Eleven. It's called Phenomenal Problems, and I don't know whether I mean you start from the beginning. Yeah, or this skip one to works the right from the beginning. They never sing. No, there's no voice. The band is named after a plane. Everyone sing along. I like this. I do too, but it's not. Yeah, I could chill to this for sure. Two, three. Oh, that's a very good charge. Thank you. I'm I'm shocked. This could be a sinkhole selection. See, 
it's weird. Church's music is kind of like classical music, and obviously there's no words to it. Yeah. And it's kind of like it progresses. It starts here, and it progresses, moves to a slightly different place. Yeah, And true. it plays off the, the melodies and the counterpoint and that sort of thing. It's it's like listening to classical music, except it's, you know, all synthesizer and, you know, Well, it's actually more guitar, and, but yeah. He's the yeah. feast version and of... Loop, but it's all looped. I mean, it it's is a lot of looping. It's, all, it's a, lot yeah, of, a lot of looping. That's creative. Mm-hmm. He um, He's the feast version, verbal version of orchestral maneuvers in the dark. <laughs> if there Speaking were of 80s pop. <laughs> if there were anyone singing, I would agree with you. Right. There's no one singing. This okay, is- my third song, what is it? Uh, it's Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, Shallow. Spectacular. It's not even the best song in this soundtrack. It's not? What is? No, I like the other one that you do. Oh, the other one. I forgot the name of the title. The song's beautiful. Uh, it's a good song. Charge, you love this song? <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> Tell me something. Not too many words. That's Bradley Cooper singing. Are you happy Did you see this movie, Pia? No, I haven't yet. You should see this movie. I will. By myself. Yeah, let's go see it by yourself. Unless you like movies with happy endings. My God. You know it's a sad movie going in. Beautiful, isn't it, Charge? I think it's heartfelt. Yeah. And lady, and we won't get to Lady Gaga's part, but it's why, phenomenal. Why not? Can we just? Can no, you we're, just? We're advance running short it? on time. Oh, geez. Uh, just go ahead. Just let it play. Well, I already, I already stopped. It. Oh, you did? Yes. Yeah, Lady Gaga's part was coming up soon. Gaga. Pretty good. Gaga, uh, Gaga. Nine and a half out of ten, boss. Uh, I happen to love the whole soundtrack. Uh, I think it's great. I think that he's the, the movie's really good. She's really good. Yeah. I mean, if. If you thought Lady Gaga was just kind of a joke before, yeah. go see the movie. She's, what uh, she's up, What surprised you more, Bradley Cooper singing or Lady Gaga's acting? The second, Lady Gaga's acting. Really, she's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's. It makes you wonder why she had to dress up like a goof in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's her whole career's been built off you know wearing a meat dress and <laughs> and things like that. But I mean, she doesn't need it. No, she clearly doesn't. Yeah, but now I don't think she'll ever give it up. But she doesn't need it. If no. you had to listen to one artist the rest of your life, oh, geez. who would it be and why? Lady Gaga or Barbara Streisand? <laughs> where, 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 is just because Barbara Streisand was also in A Star is Born? Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. I don't know. I, Paul, I don't think I could do either one of those. <laughs> I think, I'd, I think I'd rather listen to, to uh, L1011, I think. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, L1011, baby. Charge's next song, please. Is it named after a uh, plane? No, the, no, the Vikings 1011 season, which was an L. Ah. It's called the uh, <laughs> the Joy Formidable Dance of the Lotus. Of course it is. How do you find this music? Yeah, that's a good question. How do you find this music, Charge? Um, lots of places. Yeah. This song's got some guts to it. This is oh, awful. God, yeah. Sounds like a U2 song without Bono. <laughs> yeah, or a repeating hook. Yeah, and like The Edge, just doing three chords for six minutes. Words. There are words coming. There are? Yeah. But it's not, they're not like deep lyrics. It's not like... I thought they were letters, and it begins with FML. I don't mind it. 
They've been on tour with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, it's dark like they have, me. Yeah, they have toured with the Foo Fighters. Uh, great. You know, there's some bands that are way better. Most bands, I think, are not as good live as they are on, on, on you know, recorded in the studio. This is the rare band that's far better live. Well, there's a lot of production tricks in that music, too. There's, there's again, more looping and things like that. That's... Yeah. You're just killing his dreams. Uh, Joy Formidable. No, Joy Formidable's a uh, they're a three piece act from Wales, and yeah. uh, their lead guitarist singer is this pretty little elfin thing that's about five foot two, skinny nice. as a rail, and she belts it out vocally. Yeah, well, you didn't hear it in that song, and she shreds her guitar. Wow, she is great. Uh, my fourth song, "Call Out My Name" by The Weekend. Phenomenal. This song personifies the macabre. Each other. I you out of a Isn't it beautiful, Charge? You gave me this is what you listen when Daniel Carlson <laughs> shanks a 35-yarder. <laughs> Why are you going to say that, man? The Weeknd's sweet. Yeah. I thought The Weeknd was a band. So my daughter said it's one guy. It's the guy. It's like when you held the Seahawks to six points late stages of the fourth quarter. Shut up. Somebody got fired after that game. All right, three, two, base. Here it comes. That's, that's all. It's, I just, you have kind of a pattern on your song. I just you really do. Kind of depressed. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. kind of the, you know, you've worked with me for 20 years. The yeah. quiet sort you know, of. It's so funny because... This eight year eighty stuff is in the in the yeah. seventy soul stuff. I'm at my of, best when I'm contemplative. Fun stuff. I'm at my best when I'm contemplative and depressed. Oh no, you're I not. Nobody, nobody is at their best true. when they're <laughs> contemplative and depressed. <laughs> Except maybe Van Gogh when he cut his ear off, <laughs> or Evander Van Gogh-y-field. Um Okay, so Charge's next song. Uh, this one, uh, if still alive, would have been on Jeffrey Dahmer's Walkman. Uh, oh, jeez. Is, is it Seaborn? It's called Dead Can Dance Act One. Act One? There never was an Act Two because yeah. 10 people died. This is kind of a project, right? It's, it's not just one song. It's a, yeah, this is a, it's three, they did it, they did this album in, as sort of like two halves of an old LP kind of approach. Yeah. Act one was the first half, three songs that meld together. Act two is three songs that meld together. Was this the soundtrack to The Red Wedding? That guy you put in your notes, Kyle Flood, just got hired at Alabama as offensive line coach. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, this is everyone sing along. This is absolutely just putrid charge. I'm sorry. It's not. It's, I, it's fine for what it is. I yeah. love Dead Can Dance. And Dead Kennedys? Nope. Uh, although I saw the Dead Kennedys the, in town here. The, Dead Can Dance you know, has been around since ago. the '80s. Really? They have been. Yeah, they're, yep. it's they a, used to open for the Plimsolls. Doubtful. No, no, not Sex really. Sex Pistols? No, yeah, no, no. Um, they're, yeah, they're from Australia. Uh, originally from oh, man, Australia, then uh, then then uh, the then the UK, and yeah, uh, yeah it's, all, it's this weird blending of Middle Eastern music, yeah, mid, sort of this medieval sound and rock, wow. and you know, find another band that does that, and yeah. I find it very very interesting. And you didn't hear the gal's voice, but she's got 
an, um, just an astounding voice. So it's like a, a non-Christmas version of the Trans-Siberian yeah. Orchestra. Yes. <laughs> we can't find other bands that do that because they all went broke. Uh, unpro- because, undoubtedly. Yeah, nobody Nobody bought. wants that, right? No Bossberg in Wales or Adelaide Correct. decided to play it on the radio. My final song is? Yeah, when you dress up in chain mail, listen to that. Give me my final. Uh, final song, Post Malone, Stay. Why did you start in the middle? Oh, that's right. The F bombs in the beginning. That's a nice song. But don't count on me to stay a little longer if you convince me and tell me all the things that you have against me. He's fantastic. He's good. Took a couple of L's with the face tattoos, though. Yeah. See, your announcer is simplistic. I just need a guitar and a quality Vox, and I'm good. Well, and that's what Post Malone is, is a good musician. He is he puts out solid songs. It's mm-hmm. you know, and the and the way that does the, he produce his own beats and tunes as well, or does he have a couple of guys? I, I don't know the answer to that. He's I, like Jarchian's band. He's the Casio behind him, pushes play. These <laughs> artists now are much more prolific. They release stuff much more randomly. They yeah. don't they don't wait around to put an album out, the, which is it, great, by the way. Yeah, which is, they get to do it at their on their own terms. Well, and and to be honest, the fans like it too. I, I mean, yeah. It, I think the old model of hey, I'm going to make an album, I'm going to put it out, and you're going to wait two years, two years until my next, right. next yes. no, that's dumb. It's like it is. If you have a, a following, put the next record up. If you've thought of a good song, just put it out. Put it up. I totally agree. Is Post Malone super rich? He will be. Know, so, like, when you're already. that good, do you become super rich? He will be. Wow, good for him. Um, okay, finally, Church's final Trans Siberian Orchestra. Orchestral maneuvers in the dark song is. Uh, it's called "This Will Destroy You," and I believe the song. That's is, the name of the band. That's, that's the, name the name of the, of the, the band. The band. Yes. This and will destroy you. The song is called "Clubs." Whoa! Well, that just grabs you. Oh yeah. Again, if you got the gal locked up in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So. The official music video, by the way, was produced on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> when you're watching this band live... I've seen them live. But how do you do it? At the Varsity. I mean... Uh, with earplugs, first and foremost. It's a... Really it is just a sonic... It's just a wall of sound coming at you. Wow. Um, but... Is the Varsity full at that, for that band? For uh, that half. Okay. Um, it's... That you don't you don't hear the Eric's really hear a short snippet, but their stuff goes very quiet and then builds and ramps up, and then you get this. I had them start at the sonic wall, and then it'll you know it'll come and go right in tempo and intensity. You can't just listen to three, five minutes. Of this. See, I can't commit to that much. I mean, I like I say, you your stuff is like listening to classical music. It's yeah. if you have a half an hour and you want to sit down and listen to a symphony, great. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of like a I like three minute songs that have you're a nice the, hook and see ya. You're the best. Thanks for helping nine to noon. Oh, I'm sorry. We're done. Okay, yeah, we're done. Song's Thanks, over. Paul. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Greg Swedberg, Vice President of Programming uh, for the Fan and the rest of our stations around here at That's a Lot of G's on Twitter. A final segment for the feast after this. You're listening to PA in Charge. It's a Friday football feast nine to noon on the Fan. I 
47 minutes past the hour. A happy Friday to everybody taking in the Glove Covey. Copyright Gary Payton from back in the PA and Dubay days. Uh, this is PA in charge. Prediction time. Conference title games. Don't need a don't need elongated whys. Preferably 30 seconds or less. We begin with the New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, as of right now, are three-point favorites. The over-under is 55. You can bet as little or as much as you want on said games because it is Friday morning, which means if you arrived in the 702 on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. you probably are not devastated at this moment. Right. So my guys in the cornfield strongly suggest you make your football wagers early in your venture mm-hmm. so you are not stuck and chasing by the time the games roll around well also you're not standing in a long line before the games you've been you've been, you've seen playoff lines Same. at the you know at the books Same. they're nuts um i'll go first on this one okay the announcer likes the new england patriots on the money line to beat the kansas city chiefs I will take New England at like a plus 140 or 150. It's Belichick. It's Brady. It's a conference title game. It is a birthright for those individuals (laughs) to get to the Super Bowl. And that's where they will get. Yours truly takes New England. I don't need the points. I will take them straight up to win. Charge. I am willingly giving the three points and taking my Chiefs. They will have the three points covered by the end of the first quarter. They will win by double digits in a game that will not be particularly close, and the Chiefs will roll into the Super Bowl based on the thrashing of the Patriots as prohibitive favorites in the Super Bowl game. Juicy? Uh, Patriots win this game by a field goal. If I was in Vegas, I would bet uh, if I had a bankroll, I'd probably go 65% of my cash on, uh, excuse me, 35 to 40% of my cash on uh, on Patriots plus three, and I'm with you. I think it's an underwhelming game uh, this weekend. The L.A. Rams are at the New Orleans Saints. The point spread is 3.5. It's three and a half. It's fluctuated between three and three and a half all week. Why I bring that up, it's an incredibly pivotal number here because yours truly likes New Orleans to win mm-hmm. an incredibly tightly contested game yes. on a Will Lutz walk-off winner. Then that's not good enough. The well, hook is going to get you. But that's why you got to shop around. I mean, you start at tip of the strip, and you go all the way to the Golden Nugget. And yeah, you find your run by the same books now. Find yourself a three. Yeah. Pay the juice up to one twenty or one twenty five and buy that sucker down to two and a half. If you got the Saints minus two and a half, even minus one thirty, you are in like Flynn. I like the Saints to beat the Rams by three puntas. You? The Rams had took three losses this year in in games in which Todd Gurley played. Paul his rushing yards in those losses were 68, 28, and 48. Ooh. Here comes the number one run defense in the NFL. They're yeah. going to serve up another loss. Yeah. I'm not concerned about that hook on the end of the three and a half. Okay. I'm taking the home team, and I'm giving the points again. 
And the Saints will roll into the Super Bowl as underdogs to the Chiefs. Uh, Nordo, NFC title game. Give it to us fast. Juicy? Ten points. Saints at home. <laughs> they absolutely smash. They're not getting 273 on the ground. The Rams are not against okay. this Saints defense. Uh, Goff, I do not trust him in a big spot. He's all scheme. Yeah. Uh, no substance when it actually matters. Okay. I believe Saints by ten. Uh, quickly, Pro Football Writers Association uh, voted Matt Nagy NFL Coach of the Year. And Indianapolis's um, czar, Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard, executive of yeah. the year. Yes, your thoughts on that? They got Chris Ballard right. Uh, he just had a historic draft that may very well yield the offensive and defensive rookies of the year on one team. Fair point. Unbelievably good draft. Your guy Ryan Pace for Chicago changed the complexion of the NFC by trading for Khalil Mack. Bold move. And also it paid off. drafted guard a uh, James Daniels from Iowa. He saved the offensive line. And Anthony Miller, second round receiver from Memphis, and and he, um, and, and then brought in good. Taylor Gabriel, Trey mm-hmm. Burton, and Allen Robinson. It all worked. Correct. I, I think. I, I think in a fifty-one forty-nine percent equation, I would have gone pace. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a. Li- I don't have a problem with Matt Nagy winning Coach of the Year, but I look at what Pete Carroll had to overcome this year. Oh, and Pace hired Nagy. Pace hired Nagy. Yeah, but yeah, Ballard hired Reich. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there's that, right? Yeah, so, you know, it goes both ways. I know, right? Nagy, and I'm not taking anything away from Matt Nagy, but what Pete Carroll had to overcome was unbelievable. Yeah. Decimated defense in which they, they threw half of that, you know, half of the defense out to the curb. Yeah. Um, then they lost Earl Thomas at the beginning of the season. The fact that that defense was able to play at all and then getting the the job he did on the offense to take a team that couldn't run the ball into Great the point. NFL's best rushing Rushing team, unbelievable job by Pete Carroll this Enjoy year. the games this weekend. Thanks for your contributions today, and I Thank love you. you. Paul Charchi and Fanball.com, and I'm Paul Allen. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Nordo, rap, shot. Thanks to the Paddy Wagon for sponsoring the 9 to Noon show, Raps. Why is Lavelle texting me? Music and misery, some Friday feast filler Charges taste critically acclaimed by most serial killers No words in the song, no need to worry about the rhymes Loving the soundtrack to medieval times Title game, we can put on our analyst hats For me, I'm rolling with the ain'ts and the pats Ryan Harris joined with the Gary Kubiak betting We were loving wigs with his Boston accent Now the wolves not giving us much hope to sell The wild sitting in their own mess, perpetual hell Begs the question as a Friday show comes to an end Will we have to become happy enough just to contend? Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet, and we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. I love it, baby! Hold on to your butt. Nine to noon. PA and charge. Temporary layoffs. Personal foul. Clipping. Not much else to say. It's been a joy. Have a good night. Time for two more. If it's good news or money, leave a message. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen Channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to KFAN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.